Welcome in. According to sources, A2S, A2S Network. I am your guy, SD2 Mike Sean Davis. I got my guys with me at C4 Dunk, Chris Kaysen, at Mr. Croft, 4D, Brian Crawford. Hit us up, follow us, go download us right now. iTunes will be up on Spotify soon, and definitely SoundCloud is where you can get all of the previous podcasts. NBA trade deadline has come and passed. A lot of things happened in the East. We'll get to that because the landscape of the Eastern Conference was totally flipped on his ears. Shout out to Elton Brand. I want to give that dude a lot of credit. A lot of people doubted him when he was hired as the general manager for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's been very aggressive, and we'll get to that when we talk about who is the best team in the East currently as things stand. But we want to talk about the return of two players to the United Center. Bobby Portis was traded to the Wizards along with Chicago's own Jabari Parker. The atmosphere, what was it like, Chris, for the return of those two guys when they walked into the United Center? Of course, the night before, Bobby dropped 30. Jabari flirted with a triple-double. Bobby was on uh, Instagram and Twitter doing a lot of sarcastic talk with the Chicago Bulls Twitter feed. Yeah. What was it like for those guys to come back last night and the performance they put on? Um, I think it was a little bit, I don't want to say odd, but, you know, I think Whenever you're traded, it's always good to come back, and there's always that anticipation on coming back to the team that dealt you. I think it was good for both of those guys to just get it over with as soon as possible and then just move on. As far as the reception, you know, just with the product that's been placed on the floor this season for the Bulls, it was mild at best. I mean, it was a tribute video. And I, when I saw the tribute video coming on, I was like, does Jabari have enough highlights <laughs> <laughs> for there to be a tribute video? And they showed a lot of uh, community service um, things that he did uh, with his time here. But, you know, the reception was mild, but, you know, they did get a lot of love. Bobby Bobby got a little emotional, it looked like, from um, the tribute video. And for Jabari, I don't know. I just think it was kind of... The tribute was, video for Jabari was weird, right? Yeah, it was just kind of weird. It was like, you know, Chicago kid, you know, just the way everything turned out. It was just it was weird. He was more so happy, I think, for Bobby uh, to be coming back. But, yeah, it's just a... I think it was just good for both of those guys to come here and get it over with for both of them, you know, to pack up, pack up the rest of their things and you know, get ready for the next chapter in Washington. Those two guys, in my estimation, didn't look any different than they would have looked in a Bulls uniform yeah. given the opportunity. Oh, yeah. I, I think mean, the last time Jabari was given that many minutes, I think he had like 20, it was like 22 and 12, and it happened to be Fred Hoiberg's last game. Mm-hmm. So for him, just getting the opportunity to play, you'll see the production. What did you see their impact on the Wizards? Can the Wizards, I believe they're about two and a half games out of that eighth spot in the East, can they give them enough boost to actually make it to the playoffs? Oh, uh, possibly so. I mean, you still have an all-star there and um, Bradley Beal. And, who looks pretty good. Yeah, who looks definitely pretty good. And um, I just think those guys, especially Bobby, they're going to bring, like, another – some energy just off the bench 
for Washington. So, I mean, the bottom of these is up for grabs anyway. So I think they can slip in um, for that HC. But then you kind of – you also have to look at it, you know, if you're the Wizards. I'm not sure what their draft situation is like. Do you want to make the playoffs to just get, you know, knocked out in the first round? I think the playoffs – making the playoffs would be, you know, what all they've gone through this year would be – you know, I don't even know what if there's cause for celebration, but you know, if you're a player, you definitely want to. You're playing to make the playoffs. So, but yeah, I do think just with bringing that new energy there and just the reception, um, it looks like they bonded quickly with the guys. You know, on their Wizards roster, I think it can you know help propel them to finish strong these last 25 games. I can honestly say I didn't expect them to be aggressive at the trade deadline and make moves to acquire one like Ariza, mm-hmm. Bobby, Jabari, especially after John Wall went down. Yeah. Forget just with the first injury. Yeah. Forget the second injury. Once they found out he was out for the year, they stayed aggressive. They definitely want to make Bradley Bill happy and keep him there. Yeah. And tanking would not have done a good – wouldn't have done him That's true. service. I already know what you are about to say. About what? I already know what you're about to say. Which part? About <laughs> the Bulls when it comes to Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Now, Bobby Portis is a guy, shockingly, through this entire mess with the Chicago Bulls, was like an OG for the organization. Like, he really lo- he loved the organization. He loved playing here. He loved being here. You always saw him out, maybe in some of the craziest places. Yeah. Like, why are you there? That's OG Bobby. That's OG man. Bobby. But at the same time, he repped the Chicago Bulls during one of the most difficult times to try and represent an organization. So with that being said, was it about the money? Was it a good move by the organization? Did you like the fact that they dropped or leaked the fact that he turned down an extension only after the trade was made? And then moving on from that, the handling of Jabari and how, of course, he stared at Jim Boylan all night after dunk, after dunk. How did all of this play out, and does it impact the organization moving forward? Bobby, they just didn't want to pay him. I mean, we know what that is. Um, he did like being here. He definitely, you know, he was, this is the place where he made his name, you know, made a name for himself. He got hurt, you know, a lot kind of towards the end of it. But, um, you know, he did definitely rep Chicago. He was out, you know, you would see him around and hear about being him being in places. It's like a lot of guys, you know, that come through over recent years or whatever. Um, the Jabari situation, I'm just glad he's out of here. Like, I'm I'm glad he's in the situation where he can go somewhere and play. I'm glad that he doesn't have to worry about that anymore, you know. Um, coming home wasn't the right situation for him. And as far as the Bulls' organization and how they handled that, you know, like I've said, they're going to now, because of how they've not taken care of hometown guys the right way, as a large market, they're not going to have to operate like a small market, which means that they're never going to get, get anybody in free agency. Um, they're always going to have to draft and trade and things like that. And, you know, when Paxson made those comments about, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't believe anybody has a problem with them until he sits down in front of them. Like, come on, man, like we can stop all of that. Like we can cut that out. Like these guys talk, they talk a lot. And nobody has anything good to say about the Bulls. Interesting comments when he was on ESPN 1000, interview with Carmen Yurko, he talked about, and he made that statement. Your relationship is starts with the, the agents who, who have, have the players. And anytime we've ever 
been able to get in front of players. We represent ourselves very well. And, you know, I think the perception, because if you, if you, can, name, if you can name players that speak negatively about the organization, tell me. Um, I think the, what, what the, the narrative becomes is, okay, so this time it's, you know, this year it's Anthony Davis wants to go wherever, you know, but it's not Chicago. So now that, the narrative becomes, well, players don't want to come here. He was asked about the view of the Bulls around the league. Jabari even made statements. Uh, after the game, he was asked, what are you going to tell free agents about this organization? And Jabari basically said, that's going to be a private conversation. He's like, I don't have any ill will. But at the same time, I'm going to tell the truth. I mean, that's pretty much putting it out there. Like, yeah. I don't have any ill will. It's good. I'm gone. But I'm going to tell the truth. What's that truth, though? Well, I mean, I think the Bulls, I think we talked about it. They're kind of like the Lakers and um, the Celtics, the Sixers. You know, they, they kind of rely on their nostalgia, you know, of like the things that they've done in the past, the the rep- you know the the reputation that they have in the league you know their brand and things like that and they don't understand like that was popping in the 90s like these kids don't care nothing about that no more like so you have to shift the way you do business and basketball has always been a relationship business the problem with the bulls is they only feel the relationships in the executive suite are important in terms of you know how they deal with each other and how they deal with other teams and they don't value the relationship of the players on the court so when you have that type of dynamic where guys don't feel like they're being respected or, you know, just the organization is cheap, all these things we've heard about the team over the years, and they just completely tone deaf to it, and they're still kind of charting the same course. Now they've hurt them, you know, they've hurt themselves, like, badly. So for John Paxson to even say that, it's just ridiculous. They know what it is. They absolutely yeah, Chris, know you is. said something interesting to me. You said, yo, Sean, you expect way too much. This is what it is. They've shown you who they are. When they say something... It just comes from a place of arrogance. You have to be at a place of arrogance in order to say things like this. What do Bulls fans have to hold on to? Chicago sports, period. You go back to the Cubs, you go back to, you know, the Bears away from 85. What what keeps fans continuing to come to games for Chicago sports franchises? I mean, is it that good of a time at the United Center? No, I just think it's entertainment. And There's nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, it's the especially yeah. especially you know, winter here is what five six months out the year. So, I mean, it's still NBA basketball, right? So yeah, you got other guys coming through here. Yeah, other guys are coming through here, but yeah, you can't root for this team anymore, man. Like you can't even believe they can't even sell you on trying to chase the title. They can't sell you on that, and I don't even know if they can even sell you on a direction. I don't know what their direction is. I don't think they know what the direction is. I think right now they're basically back to, you know, even after you go back to the Scott Skiles era of the Bulls, you had a team that was gritty, you know, Kirk Henry, Ben Gordon, Luau Dan, you had a team that, you know, had the form, the identity was beginning they to form. had Noach. Yeah, you had Noach, yeah. man, mm-hmm. tough, as, tough as nails. And, you know, then you luck up, get the number one pick, and Derrick Rose changes everything. So you had him, Noah, Ding, Kirk still here. But now you still had that identity of toughness still here. And that began to wane, you know, once the Thibodeau situation fell through. And now there is no identity. So when they talk about culture, I think culture comes with winning. So whenever I hear them talk about culture, I was like, what's the culture that's being set 
now for young players. You know, I heard him talk about Jim Boylan. He's doing the right things. I was like, this team hasn't won a home game in 2019. This is the first Bulls team that's lost 10 in a row. Yeah, at home. Or like ever, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like and ever. I was like, what? You can't. Oh, no. So when I said, you know, they operate from a sense of arrogance, you have to in this business. But to say some of those things and to not get any backlash from fans, that's the thing that's surprising to me when you hear, you know, we know we're not a free agent destination. Third largest media market in the world. It's but like, whose fault is that, though? That's the thing. Like, where's, See, the, this, where's the accountability? This is the confusion for yeah. me, right? Mm-hmm. Draft night. When they moved Jimmy, who was it they came out and said, we're clearing the books, we're starting to rebuild, and we're preparing for the big free agent class of 2019? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The fans didn't say that. Fans didn't say that at all. So that's why I was just talking about it. Kind of that, was, that, that was what we were sold. So that's what I'm saying. After like, the Jimmy Butler trade. You can't, on the one hand, like, this is classic Bulls doublespeak. Like, on the one hand, you can't say, like, even forget preparing about the 2019 free agent class. On the one hand, you can't say, well, you know, I don't know how any other players feel about us until they come in and sit down and talk to us. And then on the other hand, say, well, we understand we're not a free agent destination. And then back in December, he told us he's not a salesman. This dude, I'm not a salesman. That's obvious. What are you talking about? You're a general manager. You're the representative for this organization. Well, Gar's the general manager. Pax is the one that keeps being the one that stepped. I don't step even know Pax pulled Gar. Out of the limelight. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know why we keep talking about them. We've been talking about guard packs for years. Why don't we go up a level? Oh, because no, we talked about that in the previous podcast <laughs> when you talked about seeing Michael Reinsdorf and the angst he has. Mm-hmm. Well, and not I even... ask you, man, does he is the shadow of Jerry prohibiting him from doing certain things that might change the culture, or is this just totally at his feet? This is you. I mean, you know, the ownership is not going to change. You understand that, but. The ownership doesn't necessarily have to change. What you have to change is the president and the general manager. That's where you got to change. No, that's a great example because I will give you this. I put the question out there on social media, and I said, look, that's when the AD to Boston talk was permeating next to the uh, AD to Lakers talk. I put this out there, and I said, man, let's stop sugarcoating why no African-American big-time free agent has ever or will ever sign with Boston. Let's stop sugarcoating it. Magic and birds saved the NBA, but they also divided the NBA amongst color lines. Look, so for most people, Boston is viewed as they're viewed as their view. Most people grew up rooting for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. If you didn't root for your own team, if they weren't good. So when I look at it, tell me the big time free agent that signed in Boston. Boston has always been associated with whiteness. Okay. That's my point. No big time free agent, especially African American, has ever signed there. I think when Danny Ainge went there originally. I think he tried to get big-time free agents to sign with the young core that he had with Al Jefferson, Antoine, mm-hmm. Paul Pierce. Somehow, some way, he saw this is not going to happen. If I'm going to make this happen, I have to do it. Th- I have to fleece people with trades. He's done it twice. But he can't keep anybody. But he can't keep anybody. He knows that. But he knows in order to do it, he has to draft well, he has to develop, and he has to get assets yeah. that are attractive to other people. He made Al Jefferson look good enough for Minnesota to say, you know what, we'll take him to replace KG. Here, you can have him. Well, Danny Ainge, to his credit, he's always won. Like He's always managed to like keep a competitive roster, like regardless of him being able to not sign a free agent or you know trade for a specific guy or even draft well. Draft guys, not even draft well, but draft guys who can come in and help. 
Well, couldn't you say that outside of the Tim Floyd era? About who? Couldn't you say the Bulls were competitive? No. Leading up to Derrick? No, because the Bulls got lucky. That's the difference between... Oh, with Derrick? Period. They lucked up into a lot of stuff, man. Like, it's... Okay. There's a difference between... You got to expound on that. They've lucked up into a lot of things. Like, you know, the tie... I won't say, like, ties wasn't a lucky situation, but we know how it happened. They lucked up on Jimmy. Okay. Um, You know, they lucked up on Derrick. Like, let's be honest. They lucked up. That was gifted. Whatever. I you think the call it. gifted. You know, like, yeah, I mean, they it gifted a perfect it to story. Him, I mean, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, even like, look, going back to Ben Gordon, like nobody understood how ben, how good Ben Gordon was going to be in that little window that he was, you know, like they they've managed to take guys where I've always questioned, like how great their scouting was. Like, I don't know if they actually I don't know if, if their scouting is good or if it's just because they have good relationships and they can like make a lot of phone calls and get a lot of recommendations so that's why i say they've looked up on a lot of stuff i don't think they've ever really been put to the test in terms of trying to actually build a team and now you see when they when they now have to actually build something they're not able to do it well one thing that i will say is to give to their credit they've drafted well with the positions they've been in i mean if you go back to that draft, whereas Wade, LeBron, they wanted Wade, but of course Miami took him. Snatched so, him. They yeah. just happened to be yeah. a spot behind him. Exactly. Yeah. So you get Kirk. Kirk's had a great career, you know, probably better than what people thought it would. Solid. Be. Yeah. Yeah. But then you look at, you know, the Ben Gordon pick. I think the year, was that the year after that? It was him and Dan Lou. So, I mean, they've drafted Joe well. King. Yeah. I mean, you could, outside of like, you know, the LaMarcus Aldridge, Tyrus Thomas trade, they've drafted, you know, well for the positions they've been in. But like you said, it comes down to development and then building a team. That's where the issue's been. Like, it's almost just like they'll get to a point, it plateaus, and you can't get anybody else over here. You don't know what trade to make to complement certain pieces. So, all right, we got to tear this thing down and start over. Well, to the development point, the only time that was ever development done here was when Thibodeau was here. That's the only time guys developed. Like, look what he did. He turned Joe King Noah to an all-star, Derrick Rose into an all-star, Luol Deng into an all-star. Um, he got a lot out of Carlos Boozer. He turned Taj Gibson into a great, serviceable player. Uh, who am I missing? He, like, he's, he developed Jimmy. He developed Jimmy Butler. Um, this, that's the only time I can remember – in the last 20 years. In fairness, I think, now this is just me in a in a vacuum. What I saw the time that Scott Skiles did have Eddie Curry, I started to see improvement in Eddie. Oh, of course. So yeah. I think Skiles had a p- nice piece of development in him, but the, the comparison that, or the... That was 15 the, years ago. The, <laughs> the symmetry between Skiles <laughs> and Tibbs, which is another comment that Pac said recently on radio. He loves Jim Boylan because he's able to sit and practice and watch practice and watch Jim and give input. That's a thing that Skiles and Tibbs didn't want. Yeah, of course. I mean, if Skiles and Tibbs is like, this is my practice, yeah. my team. Yeah, get out my gym. Get out. Yeah. Go yeah. sit upstairs. Like, cool. and when you have when you have a front office like, that's why trying you, to analyze and micromanage practice. Yeah. Like, why do you pay me to coach that? Come down and coach yourself. But Boylan doesn't push back on that. And I think, man. <laughs> It's just so funny. Like, not too long ago, this team was, like, talking about being a title team. And now look at it. This is, like, the worst era. Like we said, this is worse than Tim Floyd. Far worse. Because there's no direction now. It's a rudderless ship. And it's, like, it's funny because the brand has never been the brand. I go back 
I'm a little older than you guys, so I go back. And I used to argue with people all the time. I'm like, look, nobody really rocked with the Bulls. Like, I had uncles that played at Western House. <clears throat> I followed them around the West Side, Columbus Park, Marillac, just watching, listening. Dude, we lived to see Isaiah on Sunday. Mm-hmm. If the Pistons played, like, nobody was really checking for Reggie Theus and the Bulls. It was yeah. like, all right, if you got some tickets, you would go. But it's like... Chicago was like Mark Aguirre and Zeke. Mm-hmm. Like, we wanted to see Dallas playing the Lakers or Detroit playing Boston. Like, what does Zeke do? Mike hits the town. Things change. There was no Bulls brand. <laughs> Chicago Bulls weren't a brand in the NBA. They were barely a brand here. Like, I would say DePaul was bigger. No. Ray Meyer was bigger. Yeah. Around that time when Mike got here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, literally, Rod Strickland might have been a bigger name than every Bulls player in this town. Ross Strickland, Dallas Comedies. Dallas Comedies, all of them. All of them. Yeah. They was like super, they was rock stars. Rock stars. Ross Strickland. Mike don't. comes and he changes everything. Like the whole brand of the Bulls has been two players. That's crazy. He spoke about Paxson once again. Like we we were there in the mix with LeBron in 2010. Because Derek was here. They was never and in the Derek's, mix. You like, can stop go ahead telling and just that speak lie. that truth. Stop telling that lie. You know, you was never stop in the mix. Stop telling that All lie. All these rumors about LeBron was here looking for properties. Maybe that was just due diligence. Yeah. He might have been looking for properties in New York. Whatever's whatever. I never believed for one moment that they love to throw out there we almost had Kobe. They did. That's the only thing. That's the one true statement they can make. They almost had Kobe. But the Lou Alding piece. He wasn't right. going to come to Chicago if Lou Alding was part of that trade. Now, he was literally out here, though. He was here. He said that. No, he said that. Yeah. He's admitted to it. So that's the only truth. Like, But that was a trade. That wasn't even free agency. Once again. You know what I'm saying? That's a trade. Mm-hmm. I think this organization needs to come to the same realization that Danny Ainge came to and transition. Let me get a great coach that can develop, draft well, and fleece people in trades. To get superstars, but your players and aren't he's gonna... confident, but waiting for that opportunity. But as long as that, as long as that front office is in place, you're never gonna be able to do that, because those players are gonna talk around the league, and those guys are gonna actively steer people away from Chicago, and the Bulls need to know that. So for you, just simply, you have to clean house up yeah, top. You got to get rid of them. Well, you can't change ownership. No, but Gar Foreman and John Paxson got to go. Like, Gar Foreman has been traveling around, like, going to Duke games. And I'm saying to myself, for what? Because he knows. What are, you, what are you scouting? He knows. Like, we all see. Like, these are the top two. These are the top two dudes. Like, why are you there? Like, go find somebody else. Go over to Europe. Scout those players. Go get. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. Go look you. at Jared Culver down at Texas Tech. This is what I'm telling good. you. He gets, he gets way too much credit. He gets way too much credit for doing a half-assed job. Like, of what he's supposed to do, he doesn't do that. He he does his job based off the relationships that he has with people, not because he actually— and You talked he's not, about that. Jimmy was a recommendation. Yeah, he's not, He's not like, Jimmy was a phone call. Taj Gibson was a phone call. Like, he's not Jerry Krause. Krause would go out there and, like— He was everywhere. —get down and, like, look at guys, you know what I'm saying? Krause saw Scottie Pippen. You know what I'm saying? Like He went and saw Tony. yeah. Like, he went and saw Tony, like, came back with Tony years before he got over here. Like, he was actually in the trenches, on the grind, doing his work. You know Gar not doing that. Gar pops up at Summer League. You know what I'm saying? He going to pop up during the NCAA tournament with all of the rest of them. And that's it. Gar ain't doing no work. He's not. And that's why this team is like it is. We've talked about this ad nauseum. 
organizations win championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, been the, that's been the mantra. And then you look at, I still think all of this is still like residue from just how that team in the 90s fell apart. You know, so all this stuff, so how that team is operated, it's just been a continuation. Yeah, this is not new. Like, such, yeah. I mean, you look at... It's a trail. It's yeah, breadcrumbs, man. It's, it's pretty much just it's what it's been. I mean, when you have something going on like that, we don't know how many titles that that team could have won Like after after that last title. I still think that they could at least got two more Yeah. after that. But you just look at... For them to even win that last one with all the stuff, when you hear all the stuff that was going on, that's just what I'm looking forward to. This doc, yeah, it was coming out crazy. Because... Just some of the like stories that haven't been told on air, like just talking with Horace, talking with you know Scotty over the years. Some of the stuff that was going on internally those last two years, for them to even come together and still win those two is impressive. But just going back to that. Like nothing's really changed. There's always it seems to be ownership versus the players mentality there. Even when Tibbs was here, like I believe that's what like what he kinda had sold them on. Like, hey, it's us against them. Let's go out here and let's go out here and win this thing. I mean, I think, you know, we've always said it, even going back to two thousand and ten when Dwayne Wade said it. You know, it the reputation for the front office and the team has always been shaky just because of how they broke up Mike. Like, any true basketball fan, especially if you came from Chicago like Dwayne Wade did because he was the one who made the comment, like, you cannot believe that they let Michael Jordan get out of here. So, like, if you don't take care of that player, him specifically, then you can't expect them to treat nobody else right, especially not nobody who's from here. So, like, Wade was Jordan Bram when he came in the league, too. Yeah, he was right? Jordan Bram. Yeah, yeah. Converse. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah Converse anyway to Jordan Brand. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, all of that stuff, like, and that's just from a guy of Wade's generation, right? So, mm-hmm. like, Wade is like, okay, y'all didn't take care of Mike. But now you got younger guys who came up watching Derrick Rose who be like, yo, y'all didn't take care of Derrick Rose. Y'all didn't treat him right. Dwayne Wade came back here. Y'all didn't really treat him right. Jabari Parker came back here. Y'all didn't really treat him right. Now, the guys now are basically all Jabari's age. Like, that, like these are all of his peers. Like, Derek is, like, the OG to them. Like, they still come to him. So, right. like, yeah, like, there's a lot of things working against Chicago that's, I don't, I really think fans should get championship and everything else out the head. Like, this team is going to be middle of the road, damn near bad for a little while until they can get some talent in here. Hopefully, you know, if they can get the number one pick, which I don't even want them to get because can you imagine, like, can you imagine, like, just the way fans are? Like, you text me like like I've been saying it for years, fans are And dumb. I said that the fans are like, like, I don't care what the situation is. If can, we can you get imagine this player, if they get Zion Williamson, how stupid it's going to be around here, man? Yeah, I remember you saying this. Come on, man. I he said immediately. And even, even to me, like, you get that number one pick, you're right back in the spotlight. Yes. Like, so now it's, it's now... And all I mean, your flaws are right there to be yeah, looked at once again. Yeah, you I know mean, what I'm saying? And instead be, of taking the pick, have the guts to flee somebody. They can't flee like nobody no I don't more. think they can flee. They can't flee. The fleecing is over with. That's yeah. terrible. Because you can't, you can't. I don't think there's ever been a bull's fleece. No, there's uh, never been a bull's fleece. Yeah. Plus, like I said, if you got, you do bad business. I'm sitting here thinking you might be right. Yeah, there, there's never been. Yeah, no, crazy. never been a bull. Like, yeah. you do bad business. I'm talking about from, like, how you deal with players to how you deal with agents to how you trying to pay people. Like, remember how slimy they did Marcus Teague? 
Like how they like paid him like they really, really underpaid him and then tried to throw him some bread on the back end. Like they do people like that. Like you do bad business. So like why would anybody want to do business with you? It sucks if they get the number one pick because whoever that kid is is going to be here for seven years if they don't trade them after three or four. You know what I'm saying? Because they'll do that too. So, Well, I think for them, if they get the – Zion is obviously yeah. the favorite for number one. You get him spotlights on and suddenly this long, this long rebuild, like that has to be sped up now. So now you really have to look at your coaching situation because I'm almost certain that Guys that are coming up now, they're going to want to play with Zion. You're a good point guard. You're going to want somebody like that running the wing with you. So now you need a coach in here who's, you know, the Bulls just have to kind of get out of their own way with the coach. It seems to me they like coaches that aren't going to necessarily, like, fight back on certain things. So they just need guys that almost certain, like, yes, man. So you're going to have to get, like, a headstrong coach in here who can, like, develop and who these players are going to respect from right out of the gate because you get the number one pick. You can't have these – like the Bulls, to me, with the talent that's on that roster, you can't tell me the Hawks are 20 points better than them. You can't tell me, like, the teams that have come in here this what year. What talent? Are, Let's talk about that. Let's talk from about a, it. But just, from a, just from a talent standpoint, are the Bulls, like, bad bad enough yeah. from a talent standpoint to begin from the Hawks? Yeah. No. Nah. That you, to got, me, you got that Zach to, that and you got Lori, that and then me that's says it. Something. I mean, but think about it. Like they got Trey, they got John Collins, John Collins. They got Herder's Kevin Herter really balling. He's, he's Kevin balling. Herter didn't play when they came. Well, the game, still yeah. they got him. You still got um, you still got Bazemore who coming off the injury. He didn't play. You still got Torian Prince who's coming off the injury. Uh, you still got Dwayne Detman. You still got uh, uh, Alex Land. They got a squad. No, they don't. <laughs> That's to, all. To, all to come, of that top to, come, to bottom is better than to come, everything. To come after. here and to beat, and this is before the trade. This is before the trade. To come here and they play everybody, him. everybody gets upset because I harp on that one game. But the Hawks to come here and beat the Bulls by twenty at home. I think John. Collins for you, that's the bookmark. Yeah. You playing? You playing Ryan Arch, Archie Diakono and 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 and, and Shaquille Harrison? Still. Come I mean, on, man. Trey, Trey had an off game. That yes, night. John Collins had like twenty-two in the first quarter. You can't tell me that that yes. team is twenty points better than the I Bulls. absolutely believe it. No. Plus, not even down to talent, but I'm talking about the coaching. I would take Lloyd Price over Bo- Boylan oh, any no, day. No, I definitely would take that. So yeah, they twenty points better. But that to me, that to me goes back to the respect of like our guys playing hard. No, for this dude, they've That's checked what out. I mean. So I'm talking about from a talent standpoint. They shouldn't be getting whooped on like they are. But listen, imagine the message that you send, right? So, like, we we can look at this team. You've been in the locker room. I ain't been in the, at all in, like, 18 months. I refuse. But you can look you at them. boycotting the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm just boycotting the team. But you can, like, you can tell, like, they checked out. So imagine the message that you send to your players in this locker room when you say, Jim Boylan, we're committed to him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're multiple committed to times. Him. multiple times. Double you said down, we're triple committed down. to him. Yeah, yeah. And the dudes in the locker room have already checked out on him. So what are you saying? Like what type of message are you sending? Like this is this is what reverberates in your locker room. It's like a ripple. Like the Bulls just I don't understand how they don't get it. What starts in the locker room resonates around the league and they get around quick and then that comes back to bite you. So what are you trying to do? Is that that's what I'm saying? Like 
we can stop talking about Garth Foreman. We can really stop talking about John Paxson. What does the ownership want to do with this franchise? Do they understand that they have destroyed their brand? Do they even do they even get that? No, I don't of course know. not. I mean, you can't see something like being destroyed if it's nobody sellout. It's nobody in the It's nobody in the arenas. Yeah, it, that's the thing. But it's still it's still a sellout. It's still a sellout. Yeah. So selling on out the books, tickets. Yeah, but yeah, book, uh, yeah but see the book, the book stuff and then the value. What the third look after look. That's what's gonna have to happen. They're gonna have to sell it. Honestly and truly, if you're a Bulls fan and you want to see this team win, the Rhinestuff are going to have to sell. As long as they own this team, you're not going to get a title. You, get, you, you might luck up and get close. You're not going to win the championship. But this goes back to what we said. And you said it on the last podcast. The transition of the NBA, it used to be about teams. Now it's about players. It's about players. It's a, it's a relationship business. You got to understand that. Like Everything I've able been able to do is because I have relationships with people. You know what I'm saying? And the Bulls, who who do they have relationships? Who do they have good relationships with? It's funny you say that because John Paxson also said in defending himself with the whole thing about the Bulls not having a good reputation around the league, front office especially, he responded to that and said, the beginning of our relationship is with agents. And that stood out to me like, wait a minute, why is the beginning of your relationship with players agents well let's go like there. the beginning of your relationship with players should be your own players that goes back to like what forget I the agents like how do you treat your own players within the organization that goes back because to, they talk to other players that goes back to what i said earlier is like they don't understand that the relationships now don't begin with the dudes with the suit and ties it begins with the dudes that wear the uniforms like you can't lose sight of that that's why i said earlier like they do bad business they don't want to pay people. They want to shortchange people. Look, man, agents trying to get their money too. So they want their clients to get as much bread as they can. So yeah. why am I going to deal with the Chicago Bulls if they going to nickel and dime me when I can go over here and I know my guy? Look, maybe they justified in not paying them that money. Like maybe they, maybe the Bulls are excellent at ascertaining like true value of a guy. But nobody gets paid that true value. Everybody gets paid well above that. And if I'm an agent, I'm trying to get my player well above that so I can get well above that. So, yeah, like. What about people that say, well, they paid Mike 30, 33, and 36. They paid Derek. I mean, it's Mike, like, Mike, I, you did, they have a, did they have Mike, another well, Mike, option? Mike never got what. True you go value. back and look at yeah. just what he was making the first five years. He should have been the first the $150 contract, million. Yeah, contracts were a lot longer then. But if you look at from. Like just the length and the money he was getting per year, you're like, wow. You look at Scotty's contract. You look at for a long you know, time, Mike yeah. didn't make no more than like two million dollars. You look at Ku Coach was making more than Pip, right? You know, a couple years. So, like I said, that, those last two years with all of that stuff that was going on internally, it's it almost was like it was. It's the same thing with the tips. It's almost like a us Versus against them, them yeah. mentality, and that shouldn't be going on if you're if everybody's not on the same page. From players to the organization, like it's an issue, and that, to me, that that battle is still going on now. Yeah, you go back to them Bulls teams. Well, who had the biggest complaints? Horace Grant, Scottie Pippen. Why they wanted to get paid, and the Bulls didn't want to pay them. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was a mutiny. It was like you said, it's the front office versus the guys on the court, and it's been like that. That has been the dynamic with this organization. They just happen to be able to find. Past Mike, just forget Mike. 
they actually found a group of guys who was committed enough to winning from the coach down to the last play on that roster who had the same mentality as them Bulls guys did. Like, we want to win just for us. Like, forget that. Like, we want to win for the guys in this locker room. They lucked up and got a group like that. The groups that they have had since then has been a bunch of individuals. And it's almost reflective of, 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 of how the franchise runs. So, like I'm saying, like, they've been luckier than good a lot, a lot, a whole lot. It's funny because I believe Jimmy sat down with Chris Haynes on his podcast, and he was speaking about why he's so combative. And he was like, yo, when I came in, this is how things were run. I saw Joe Keem snapping at, at Derek. Like, yo, you coming at the rookie of the year? I mean, rookie of the year and MVP, MVP like that? And he was like, the accountability that they have with one another is like, that's what I took on. They bred me to do that. So then when I come up and I do that, it's an issue. Now, I'm not here to talk about Jimmy, his flaws, or whether or not he was right or wrong. But what changed? Was it a simple fact that all the other guys that were part of that culture had left and were gone from the locker room and the guys they brought in Nothing couldn't changed. handle that? Or was it just... Nothing changed. It goes right back to the top. The problems always start at the top. What did they do? Before they broke that team up, they was already planting little... Little seeds. They little had seeds, the little, little they, poisoning, little they seeds. They had the snitches. You know what I'm saying? They had the little snitches, this story getting out, that story getting out. Why they, and I told you this. Why they secretly backdoored and told Jimmy, yo, we giving you the keys. They told him that ahead of time. So now he walking around knowing that. So that's the beef on him and Joe King Noah. That's the fallout. That's the breakdown. Because, like, yo, I got these dudes behind my back. Why they over there telling you, like, yo, dog. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for don't it. Fall you know for what I'm saying? They, they told t- him. Don't fall Chris, for it. Chris, I remember it. a conversation. You had a conversation with Jimmy at one of the uh, Nike events, I believe, outside. I remember you talking to me. And you flat out asked him about Derek. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me, like, Man, it's nothing there. And I remember you telling me about a conversation when we both were in the locker room mm-hmm. when I was at the, another station. Jimmy, yeah, he's changed. He might have fell for the banana in the tailpipe, but not, ultimately we're starting to see the more he talks. Like my loyalty was really towards the guys that groomed me, but I allowed them to pull me away from them. Mm-hmm. Just an interesting dynamic. Just looking at it, I feel bad for Jimmy now. Man, I took my gun and shot at Jimmy a lot of times based upon what I thought. Like, man, you being real Hollywood right now. And you told me, like, he's not the little brother anymore. No. But when you come with this type of information and you're saying, like, yo, they had already pulled him in the office and told him, this is all you. You saw it, though. Like, you saw it, like, from that summer. Like, the end of that season going into that summer, you saw it. Wasn't that, that the playoffs where he was in Milwaukee on the court? Basically, give me the ball. Like, this is my squad. Oh, you talking about that was like Derek's last year? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's when he was crazy, really like, like being, the, yeah, that was real. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the end. Like, that's when they broke everything up. Well, it was almost to the end, regardless. So basically, it's a poisonous organization. Just, so it doesn't matter if they bring RJ, Zion, Jay Well, yeah, Morant. They, they look out for um, themselves, you know, which I think many organizations do. The thing that you don't see from a lot of other organizations is just, the leaks of certain information. Like I said this when Derek was coming back from the ACL, I was like, what organization would leak a guy who just won the rookie of the year? He's cleared to play. So it's all on him now. That to me kind of was like organization said, Hey, don't ask us anymore about this situation. Ask him. I was like, you know, the Spurs wouldn't do that with Tim Duncan. OKC at the time wouldn't do it with KD, wouldn't do it with Westbrook, you know, Golden State wouldn't do that with Steph or anybody. But well, yeah. San Antonio did do that with Kawhi recently. 
Well, yeah, because I think they I think, were, they were put in a situation that they had never been in, right? For and they weren't getting upfront information at all. Oh, they like, got Reggie Roast with his uncle. Yeah, that's what that yeah. was. <laughs> that was yeah. all it was. Yeah, I mean the Kawhi situation is just unusual to begin with because you're not. You know, just that report that came out, how his uncle is running him from room to room so the Spurs uh, staffers can get to him. That was just a weird situation at all. But, you know, and then the, I think the players from the Spurs started speaking out, like Tony, the guys who Tony's have been there, though. Right. So it kind of looks different right. when the players are coming out. But, you know, that all comes from pop. But, you know, traditionally organizations don't do that to one of their players, especially if it's not – a contentious relationship up to that point. Up until that point, everything had been roses, basically, so to speak, with Derek and the organization. And you know what's eerie about that? Clear to play for me in the league, 90% of the time, is the player saying, I'm playing. Mm-hmm. That's You're cleared to play. You know what I mean? Times, medically, not just Derek, Lou, anybody else in the organization cleared themselves. Yeah. Like, well, man, I don't think you should play. The- no, I'm playing tonight. You've seen him and spoke to Derek mm-hmm. and other players like, man, you playing? Why are you playing? Yeah, my thing with that situation is when I talk to people, I think everybody got mad. Derek was because Adidas had that return campaign going on. So everything had been built up to him coming back towards that year. And I think psychologically and physically, knowing how he played, he was never comfortable at all. Coming like, back that coming fast. Coming back that fast. There's one thing to come back and become part of a unit. It's one one thing to come back and, be and they the expect guy. you to be that dude yeah. off the bat. It, it was the Superman stuff, man. Like, I hated that that, that whole time because, again, it, it's, it just goes back to how people don't think about these things critically. You got sold. You got sold on an emotional ad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he came off the ACL Ted, like, you that close to the championship. Now you hungry for a title and the Bulls don't protect him. Like they let them, like they hunt, like they hang them out there to dry. Like Adidas, I'm not really mad at them, <clears throat> but I mean, they had to sell shoes. Yeah, they right. selling shoes. They not yeah. setting expectations. The Bulls got to set the expectation because that's your player. Mm-hmm. And he can't say no. It's like, yo, we just cut you a check for two hundred. So it's yeah. like, and even with the when everybody questioned his loyalty, I was like, this guy took a five year deal without any outs. Yeah, he didn't give himself. Any yeah, out. he didn't give him an out. He took. Five straight years. So, I mean, I don't know, but, you know, that's why I think. And then that's not, I hate this narrative. Well, the Bulls paid him. No, he earned that. Oh, yeah. Bro. He earned that money. Earned it. I they always didn't have tell a people, choice. look at the first three years of Rose's career. I think he only missed maybe five games, mm-hmm. just enough that first three years. And then that lockout shortened year is what, what got to him. He was playing, there was at least 12 games that year. He played where he probably should have set out a week. He was cleared to play, though. Yeah, yeah. I That's mean, all I'm saying. That cleared to play doesn't mean anything. Yeah, me. he played So what he's cleared to play, it still comes down to the individual players' decision. Especially how they play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody in the league at that time that played like Derek does. There's still nobody plays that plays like that. And People I'm going to close this bull because I'm tired of talking about the bulls. So I'll close <laughs> it out with this. Tom Thibodeau was on ESPN recently. They asked him about uh, Derek. He was just talking about how resilient he's been. You could just tell in his voice, if I could have seen this guy with this developed jump shot before injury, I think he really believed I probably would still be in Chicago and I would have a title. Derek, I mean, you look at people forget Derek was 22. Oh, he was nowhere near his prime. Like, I always say that. I was like, people talk about 
vintage D Rose. I was like, that guy that we saw that kid. year, <laughs> that he was nowhere close to where he could have been. Looking at him now, the game has slowed down to a level to where you can see a 50-point performance. You can see, like, how he thinks certain things. He sees things better now out there on the floor. And I talked to him when he came here, and I always say that to him. I was like, man, does it ever irk you when you hear the phrase, like, vintage D-Rolls? Because I know he hears it a lot, mm-hmm. especially this year. He's like, no, not really. But, you know, he was 22, like, it takes at least, what, what is the prime in the NBA? You probably say, what, 26, 26 to 30? To 30? Yeah. yeah. 25 to 30, 31, 32, you, you, if you stretch it out that long. Yeah. So it's, you got seven years? Yeah. They gave up on him too fast. Like, after hurting him, so how old was he and he got hurt? 20. 24, I believe. 24? Yeah. And now he's, what, 30? He just turned 30? Just turned 30. Just turned yeah, so 30. Like, so now, like, he's, like, Back he's in his prime. groove, like yeah. like like he's in his vet thing now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he probably got a couple. Like he on cruise control, really. Like he not even he understands like that. He knows how to play the game. Yeah, yeah, he knows how to play. Knows how to start. Stop. Yeah, he knows I mean, how to do that. He only played with one speed those first couple of years. That's all he needed. Yeah, it was, he was, that was so that, much better than yeah. everybody else. Yeah, There's he didn't need to do anything else. All right, A two S. When we come back, we'll get into this trade deadline. What does the East look like? Anthony Davis has he poisoned two locker rooms. We'll get into it. A2S. You're listening to According to Sources with BCSD and C4 right here on A2S Network. All right, welcome back. A2S, SD2 Mics. My guy Chris Kaysen at C4 Dunk. Brian Crawford at Mr. Crawford 4D. Trade deadline. Big moves made by Eastern Conference teams. And, gentlemen, I just look at this. I want to start with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Elton Brand, fresh on the job. And for him to get Tobias Harris. I'm not sold. Boban. You still not sold with that team? No. They gave up Wilson Chandler. Which is fine. I don't know. I like it. Like, I, when I heard about that trade, I thought about it. Because I'm like, all right. Tobias Harris, who's on on the Bulls' radar, yeah, free agent in 2019. I'm like, you got you know, you got Ben Simmons six nine bringing the ball down. You got Embiid seven feet in the middle. Yeah, six nine Jimmy on the wheel, six seven, six eight Jimmy on the wing, six nine Tobias. I don't. To me, it seemed like the Sixers understood like they was looking up at Milwaukee and Toronto, and they needed to make a move. I don't know if Tobias Harris is a difference maker like that. Like, I know he can play, and I know he's very good, but I don't know if he's that missing piece. Like, I'm I'm just still not convinced of that. So, But Elton Brand, I mean, shout out to him for being able to do it. And, and Tobias locked into some money for a long time No, now. No, no, he's a free agent. Oh, he's a free agent. Okay, yeah, free all right, agent. well, that move was for right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that move was for right now. Now, does it get them past Milwaukee? Does it get them past Toronto? I don't know. I'm not sure if I don't know, because I don't I don't I don't like the way Philly's playing now. Well, currently the way it stands, of course, Milwaukee's at top of the Eastern Conference. Toronto's right behind them, a game back. Indiana holding the fort even with Victor out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some of the moves that they made, they just signed Wesley Matthews as well. Mm-hmm. Just added him. Um, they've stepped up. Nate McMillan, in my opinion, has done an incredible oh, job yeah. coaching this year. Uh, the Seventy Sixers right behind them. A game and a half. Boston at the fifth seed is puzzling to me. We'll get into that in a little bit. Brooklyn is surprised at the sixth seed, and then Charlotte and Miami 
with the likes of Detroit, Washington, and uh, Orlando bringing up the rear about two to three games behind the eighth seed with an outside shot of getting into the playoffs. Shock value, a lot of people like the move because Tobias does give you that third dependable score, Yeah, which is outside. crazy. Like, you just traded for Jimmy, and you still thought you needed more firepower? Yeah. When you go back, I think it surprised us. We talked about it, and you pointed out on the very first podcast we had, Chris, how interested you were and what Bud could do with his schemes and his offensive play calling with Giannis Mm -hmm. and whether or not he could elevate Giannis's game. And what we've seen from Giannis this year, I think Giannis and I would say Paul George, everybody else is pretty much doing what they do. Mm -hmm. We've seen James Harden do this. We've seen LeBron do what he did. We've seen KD, Steph go off. I don't think we've seen this Giannis before, this Dominus. I don't think we've seen this Paul George since maybe right before the injury and what he's doing. His performance against Houston was incredible. Right now as it stands, are you comfortable based upon the standings saying, yeah, Milwaukee's the best team in the East? Um, No, Uh, just because I think something is missing. They added Nico. Yeah, so that's going to help stretch. Yeah, Yeah, spread the floor because once the playoffs start, I see – just I forgot who Milwaukee played. It may have been it may have been Houston. It was a national game, and how they guarded him is they basically just put walls up behind him. They just threw bodies in front of him because we are we know what his strength is. He's he's getting to the basket, right. and throughout this season, nobody's been able to stop that. But I think once the game slows down in the postseason, if that floor is not spread for him, he's going to run into like some difficulties. Um, I still think Philly, to me, I mean, go back to Elton Brand and talking about how he opened up the conversation. I like the aggressiveness because we're looking at, if we're looking at what Embiid's window is, we don't know what how long that's sustainable. Right, right. Because nobody 7-2 has ever moved like that. It's just not, it's genetically, it's not supposed to be that way. Right. So when I look at those moves right now, to me that's saying that's the team looking at, all right, how can we maximize whatever this window is? And these window of like dominance may be three to five years. I hope it's, you know, eight to ten. But you never know, especially with a guy that's already had uh, two, two lower body injuries. I think Philly, if everything comes together, they're the toughest out in the East because they can play inside out. And then I look at what they can do defensively as far as switching. Uh, when it comes to the postseason, you got 6'10 point guard. You got Jimmy, who's 6'8". You got Tobias, another 6'8". And then you got you know 7'2 at the rim. And nobody can check and be defensively. So if they can all come together, then I think they're the top team. In the East, I still think Milwaukee is kind of just they're going to run that thing out as far as being like the so number one. So basically they're seed. like what Bud was with the Atlanta Hawks. Exactly. They look real good. Yeah, and then they're going to run out. And then they're going to face yeah. somebody in the playoffs, yeah. which was LeBron. Yeah, but one and thing then, I can but, say about Milwaukee is like one guy we don't talk about enough is Brooke Lopez up there and just being able to drag – and he's stretch. Gonna, yeah, he's going to yeah. drag Embiid out to the three-point line and make it uncomfortable with the fact that, you know, he's 7-1 and he's like the trailer on these shots. I've literally seen, like, them running fast break 
quick pitch back to him, and he's pulling up and making. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the only uh, way. And that ball, the ball movement doesn't get enough credit at all. So it's going to be interesting. I I don't know what Toronto. They picked up Marcus All. Yeah. I don't know if that. If it's a lateral move or not, I have to see because more than likely somebody, one of those bigs are going to come off the bench. I don't know. They also if, tried to acquire, reportedly, Mike Conley. They tried. They had Kyle Lowry out yeah. there on the trade, uh, trading block. Uh, stuff like that for me is troublesome when you're basically like one of the top two teams in the East. In a series, I probably would have taken Toronto over Milwaukee just looking at it before the trade line, deadline. Afterwards, I'll take another look at it. It's still a toss-up to me, but I would lean more towards the ability of Toronto to shoot mm-hmm. in the playoffs because they both are long. They both defend. Bud's a hell of a coach. Yeah, to me, it's, it's a toss-up. But I just – the way they were playing, free, spread out, Marcus Gasol, if it was Marcus Gasol maybe four or five years ago, it has a different impact for me. Yeah. But today's Marcus Hall, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Indiana, they don't have Victor. I mean, they're going to be tough. They're going to compete. Nate has been coaching his butt off. They just acquired uh sign, Wesley Matthews, as I said. But I don't think they're a threat in the playoffs. Yeah. They could actually lose in that in first, first round, round without Victor, even as the three seed. So now let's get down to five, man. I think everybody went to this season, even after Kawhi was traded, saying Boston is the team to beat. And the comments of Marcus Morris last night, after blowing another 20-point lead at home. 26. They did it to the Lakers, lost. They did it again to the Clippers, lost. To me, it's not really about the loss. It's about the attitudes that we're playing with. You know, guys are, you know, hanging their heads. It's, it's just doesn't, it's not fun, man. Like, it's not fun. We're not competing at a high level. You know, even though we're winning, it's, it's still not it's just not fun. You know, I don't I don't see the joy in the game. No one's getting traded. Trade deadline's over. We, we compete for a championship, and that's how we got to approach these games. We're going to lose a draw, man. We're going to lose games, but we we don't have no attitude. We don't have no toughness. We ain't having fun. You know, it's going to be a long season. Got booze as they left the court. And, of course, while throwing a caveat with this loss to the Clippers, they were up 20 before Kyrie went out with a knee injury. Reportedly, it's not major. He was seen leaving the arena, walking without a limp. So I guess taking him out and not playing him was a precaution. But all of that being said, what's wrong with this team? And we're going to segue right into Anthony Davis because we have to ask on the end of this conversation about the Boston Celtics, we talk about the Lakers situation being messy in the locker room. This AD talk had to have an impact in that Celtics locker room as well. Well, you said something interesting about last season and going into this season and Gordon Hayward. Both of you made great comments when we were talking off air about the force job and trying to fit everything together and how these young players feel making a run, getting to a game seven, and just being beat by LeBron James. They had to feel like we can play. Do you think Kyrie kind of – Handle mishandled things from a leadership position um, with those guys, or was or was he put in a tough position watching these guys get to a game seven, and then trying to figure out like, man, okay, I'm that dude, but how do I come back and like mesh with these guys? Man, I feel like 
what we saying in Boston is probably them dudes know something that we don't know or that's not being discussed or that's not talked about because, you know, obviously I won't say there's a mutiny, but there's definitely not a togetherness in that locker room and you got guys that are, you know, kind of doing their own thing, going their own way. You got Kyrie at the center of it. Um, you know, maybe it's just a situation where, you know, they know. I think, well, let me say this. I think if Boston gets off to a better start at the beginning of the season, this is probably not an issue. But I think because they have had those ups and downs that everything else is kind of starting to fall. So you point that at them force-feeding Gordon Hayward or putting him in the starting lineup without him actually being I mean, a plan at a level that he deserved to be in the starting lineup? They just didn't play well. You know, right. coming off you know, coming off what they did last year, like they just didn't play well and, and you expected a lot out of them and I think they maybe expected a lot out of themselves. And I think they it came they came to a realization that maybe they played above their heads and it may not be as good as they thought that they were. It's crazy. The year before they were the hottest team out the box with yeah. Kyrie the previous season. Yeah. And then once he got injured, they hit a lull and then they got better once they got used to playing without Kyrie. So mm-hmm. But then you talk about, you know, the locker room and the free agency stuff. Like, I don't think I don't think the Anthony Davis situation had anything to do with their locker room. I think they probably more concerned about the guys that's already there, not somebody that's, you know, potentially, you know, coming in. I think everything, the problem in Boston likely hinges around Kyrie, his future. Um, you know, maybe guys jockeying for a position to be the man and maybe trying to, you know, trying to express that a little bit to the detriment of, the team goal. I think it's a lot going on in there. And then you got a guy like Brad Stevens, who is I think is a great coach, but I think maybe along the lines of a Fred Hoiberg, where he can't manage those guys' personalities a little, you know, adequately enough. And so it's kind of getting away from him. The way I view the situation is that I think a lot of people, because of Kyrie's announcement at the beginning of the year, thought that there was a marriage. And um, I think that it's more like an engagement and we're going to get married on July 1st. And I think that that engagement is still on. As far as I know, in my individual conversations with Kyrie, we're still engaged, but we really can't, you know, make those vows, sign that contract until July 1st. Would it have been too gutsy to move Kyrie before the season? Yeah. I mean, why would they do that? Because they already think they got a commitment from them until they find out or they start to realize did that they the season really goes believe, on that they, they don't. Did they really yeah. believe they had a commitment from I think Kyrie. they did, yeah. I think they did. They should have known better. Why? It didn't, it didn't, nothing led them, or at least, you know, nothing was leading them in that direction that they didn't have a commitment from him. I mean, I'm going to just do what's best for me. Um, that's where it really comes down to. Um, obviously, this has become like an entertainment thing for everybody. So, you know, somebody else is asking for a trade, and I'm thrown into that, and uncertainty comes back on me. And you know, at the end of the day, like I don't live in this little hub that, you know, I don't. I, everything. Some people call me about this, you know, this dumb. You know, of course, my name is to keep throwing on in this. I'm not worried about a reputation. I'm not worried about a legacy to leave. I'm just trying to be a human being, trying to make the best decision for me and my family. Come on. Same summer, this summer, we had discussions about Kyrie in New York. Yeah, but I mean, that's coming from. That we felt like we're pretty serious. I mean, that's coming from, you know, back channel conversations. If you a GM, you know, and you know, you thinking you got a situation where a guy could potentially win the championship, you're not worried about that. You're not worried about him jumping ship to 
a situation where you can potentially move a champion, win a championship to basically like a rebuilding situation. You're not really worried about that or thinking about that. You're not even thinking a guy is got that on his mind. They could still win the championship and he could still leave. I don't think they can win a championship. I think that's evident. I think he knows that. You think he's come to the realization? Yeah. Who they gonna beat? You really think he knows? Like right now, like we're not winning this championship. I mean, he's won a championship. He knows what that locker room looks like. He played with LeBron. He played with LeBron. <laughs> you know he called LeBron to say, yo, now understand, which some people are trying to, you know, turn into. Now he's going back to L.A. Yeah, with LeBron. Right. But and you got to think about it. That team was still really young. Like, who's like Al Horford is the oldest dude in that locker room. And then after that, who is it? Uh, Marcus Morris. It might be Marcus. And then Kyrie, maybe Gordon Hayward, one of them two. Yeah. Yeah. Still, and at at the end, everybody else is under twenty two. Yeah, and to <laughs> me, what I saw their struggles. Well, Marcus has been what six years? About Marcus Smart's been years. Mark, he might be twenty four. Yeah, I don't think he's that old. He might be twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, yeah. twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very young locker room, and I still think it's just a situation where you have essentially two two different identities. So it's what they were last year. They never really got any identity with Gordon last year just because of the injury happened five minutes into the game. So you already, like, we got we had to learn to play without him. Kyrie goes down, like, towards the end of the year. Right. So now there's another adjustment period. Now we're bringing all these guys back. One guy's trying to work his way back to being what he was or even close to what he was. Same thing with Kyrie. Kyrie had to work his way back after two knee surgeries last year and Kyrie's going to have the ball in his hands. You know, those other guys coming off of the success, uh, success from last year, they feel like they're ready. I mean, and you can't, you wouldn't be able to blame them for feeling that way. It's like, dude, we carried this team to the Eastern Conference. We would, we took the Cavs to game seven. The elephant in, in, in the room is Jason Tatum. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure a lot of stuff has gone to his yeah, head. He's everything here. Is, he's here. That's who Kyrie was talking to. Yeah, everything has come so fast and he's ninth. 1920. So you think that his comments when they were down in Orlando most definitely was straight at Jason Tatum? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum got he got a claim to the throne. Yeah, I mean, it worked out with Kobe this summer. That and who knows what Kobe told him. And Jason and Jason Tatum. I mean, uh, let's be real. Like he know he the man in Boston. He knows that. And if you got even a whiff that Kyrie is out of there after the summer, then yeah, you might you know you might poke your chest out a little bit. You probably not even thinking about no championship no more. Like you, you just thinking about, you know, and that's just how young guys think. You just thinking about your status, like winning, like you accident, like you lucked up and you won. You you fell into a winning situation, and so he probably has a different expectation or attitude about it. He probably doesn't understand, you know, what it takes, and that's what a lot of young guys go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I said it's two different teams because you still have guys like you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like. The vets there, they're thinking about titles. But you're, you're a rookie. You're thinking about, like, you're checking your stats. You're, check, you're going to House of Highlights on Instagram, mm-hmm. trying to see if your, your highlights are on there. You're not thinking so much. You're not, you don't have that singular focus, like title. It's a title or nothing for me just yet, even if you're coming up in that culture. Like, I still think those guys are thinking about probably – all-star appearances, how many shots am I getting, you know, so. And then you don't even have a real leader in that locker room. Like, who's your leader? 
Kyrie's not that dude. Probably would be Al Horford. Yeah, yeah you'd think it'd be the voice of Al Horford. But, I mean, Al Horford's one of the nicest people in the world, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not the kind of dude that's going to be like the player discipline guy. You know what I'm saying? The the, the guy that the young guys are going to defer to, he's not that dude. Al is super nice. Yeah. So it can't, can't be Marcus. Yeah. Marcus might punch. It's not, Mar- yeah, punch it's not Marcus. So, <laughs> And you know it's not Brad. So Yeah, Marcus would definitely punch Yeah. Somebody. Yeah, so you know, like again, I think I think Brad Stevenson is is a great coach, but he can't manage these dudes. You definitely can't manage a superstar like Kyrie Irving. Yeah, winning the championship is definitely not spreadsheet based. Mm-mm. Like chemistry is so vitally important, and you see this team, and a lot of people anointed them just from a spreadsheet. Like, I man, thought, it. look at this depth. They got a closer, they got a coach, they got a great GM, man. Two or three championships in Boston, and now you're looking at it. They could just be left with Tatum, Brown. They could, even, and that could be it. Rozier's a free agent. They lose him. Of course, they just resigned Marcus Smart. They gave him a deal. Yeah, Horford's a free agent. Kyrie's a free agent, and they'll have Hayward. If you're a point guard, you got to be real careful these days because it's not it's not a lot of you know need for point guards around the league. So if you Terry Rozier, you got to consider some things. I know you want to get paid, but if Kyrie ain't there, your best shot at what you want to do might be right where you at. Oh, I think if Kyrie bounces, I definitely yeah, think that would be mutual interest. Yeah, he'll get some something nice. Think so? I, I think Maybe so. Maybe he don't want to. Hey, it might go back to what we've been talking about. Maybe he don't want to be there. Free. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I guess Al Horford would be the last free agent. Mm-hmm. African American that signed in Boston. Yeah. He's Dominican. BC man, you so crazy. He is. <laughs> Just saying, Tito Warford is Dominican. <laughs> yeah, that situation is, you know, it's like what 20, 25 plus games left at this point in the season to be going through that is kind of tough because. You're just looking at if those things are starting to come out now as opposed to, you know, getting them out at the beginning of the year. It's kind of tough to all get on. I don't think there's no player meetings that you can have at this point of the year to, you know, rectify what you, Marcus said. You just waiting on All-Star break. Yeah. Hope, hope them dudes take that week off and come back with their heads right. That's all you can do. But think about it. I mean, a couple of those dudes are going down to Charlotte. So you're going to get down there. You're going to get around the parties. You're going to get around the other All-Stars, people pumping up your head. You come in, You get another couple of days off, and you come right back into it. I don't think nothing changes because you got Kyrie's future. That stuff really does have an impact in most locker rooms unless you, unless everything is running like a machine. So I'm pretty sure they're just waiting to see what he's going to do. You got guys waiting in line. So I don't know. You you want them to come together simply because of the depth they have and, you know, title opportunities don't come. Stylistically, you know, I just want to see that final. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I want to yeah. see Golden State Selfishly, Boston. exactly. Selfishly, yeah. like, that's the final I would like yeah. to see. If I, I had don't want to see that no more. If I had to <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> I don't want to see that no more. You don't want to see that anymore? No. What's the final you want to see selfishly? Selfishly, I want to see Golden State and probably I would like to see Milwaukee. Golden State, Milwaukee. I like to see that. I think I think sweep. You think it'll be a sweep? If Golden State, from what I've seen from Golden State, since, I mean they're gonna sweep whoever they run up on. Like who oh gonna yeah. who would give them the best? Who, I think who would give them would give 
from Boston would get from swept. From a talent stamp, I don't think Boston they would get I think swept. Philly might when get they get the boogie back. By the time you get to the finals, you talking about June, and you got DeMarcus you Cousins sweet Boston? back in his bag, yes. Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be tough for anybody. From the, <laughs> even with all the moves those teams in the East made, I've been looking at them like the 14, 13 to 14 games since they have Boogie. They're so, it's, it's so it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Because even that game they went into Boston, they, they have actions that do that, that running that now. Clay, that Clay or Steph pinned down. Off a of boogie screen with boogie flaring to the three dude, point line. Nothing, it's like there's nothing you can do. About it. Do. Dude, there's there was one set that I seen where it was like a it's like a KD pick and roll. You got Clay running to a corner. You got Steph coming off a Draymond screen. It's like if you're a def most defenses in the league like don't really uh, communicate properly. Like and a team that constantly moves like that with that type of talent on wide there open looks. is ridiculous. See, that's why I said Milwaukee because you got you know obviously you got um, Brook Lopez who can stretch it out to the three, who can you know get boogie out of boogie away from the basket. You got Middleton, you got Giannis, you got uh, you got Brogdon, Brogdon, you got Bledsoe. I think firepower wise, like they can go you know they can score some points with them, but I mean. Who could like who who in the East could literally like win a game? I think Toronto probably thinks with the with the Gasol trade. Yeah. I think Toronto thinks they probably in the, in the, in the I driver's think, seat. I'll just look at Philly, and I'm looking at who can make. Well, see Philly work. It's tough because somebody has to put big. Well, um, Embiid doesn't have a, pick and roll. I mean, he doesn't have a backup. Constantly, yeah. So if yeah. something happens to Embiid, then they done. Right. But I mean, you know, at least with you know, at least with. Milwaukee, you ain't really you you don't really have to worry about that with Brooke Lopez because he's not injury prone. And then you know with Toronto, you got you know you got Gasol, you still got Ibaka, you still got Siakam. Like them guys, they can switch a lot of them positions. So I think selfishly, I would like to see Milwaukee. I think Toronto can get it done. I'm just not sold on feeling. I definitely don't believe in Boston. So you're not believing in the engagement. You know we look at people. <laughs> people get engaged. No. You say to yourself. They're not getting married. That nah. dude ain't ready to get married. Man, Kyrie, we know. Man, we know. Kyrie's Kyrie not ready going. to get married to uh, Danny Ainge. We knew where Kyrie was going last week when he gave his daddy that jersey. Oh, uh, New York. Yeah, <laughs> we knew what that was. That was, that was, that was a very that was a much so nicer we, version of like when LeBron like went through the tunnel and took his jersey off and dropped it on the floor. Yeah. That was a little nicer version of that. Oh no, man! I, I think, so now we have dads, you know, with the jersey yeah, to his dad, I just and then at, AD's dad coming out. Yeah, I look at that New York situation. It's nice you have two max slots, but I just they're almost in the same position as the Bulls. If you think just from a perception standpoint, no, they're not. Just in terms no. of how no, how, how that organization has been, you got run. Steve Mills and Scott and Perry that's, up there. That's new now. Who still who still owns that and team? And that's and all Fizz, it takes. And Fizz is a totally and Fizz is a different that's coach. True. Fizz and totally as long different. and as long as Dolan stays out of the way, which he has been, yeah. so just for far this, for this year, for this year, for this, this year. year. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, as long as he stays out of the way and he let them two dudes do their work and he let Fizz do what he got to do. They're going to be fine. So, you look, you got you could potentially get Kyrie, KD, and Anthony Davis in a summer. What else you need? Oh, no, man. What else you need? Is it a pipe dream? I think it's, no, it's, it's not. How realistic? Give me that a percentage of how realistic. Because if New York gets, let's say they get the number one, number two, number three pick, now you have another asset. You have to move that, dude. Yeah, yeah. you have to move that. You, can't. you can get another team involved in this and basically – Get them three yeah. guys on your team in one summer. And then what? You gone. Man, I'm just looking at 
history for that you get that you then you can probably but this is what i'm saying like back to what we were talking about with the bulls like the knicks they get it you know what i'm saying like like you can see they get it like they got rid of porzingis like what it was not even an afterthought. Like they had, they, had uh, the deal on the yeah, table. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Man, like, hey, you want to be here? But they tried to move him for AD initially. Yeah, like, but look, them dudes, like, they know what they doing. Like, they they get it. Like, they understand like the brand of the New York Knicks. They understand the opportunity that they have to be able to be part of that to bring the Knicks back. Nobody would have got rid of Porzingis. You don't get rid of that dude unless you know something. I'm sorry, you don't do that. So like, they. They got a plan. Like, you can kind of see it without even without them saying nothing. Like, they have a plan, and they understand that the relationships are what matters. The relationship with the players are what matters. And Steve Mills and Scott Perry are player guys. I've known that since, you know, when Scott was in Detroit. Like, Fizz he, has a relationship yeah, from Fizz Team is, USA. He's a, he's a yeah. player guy. Like, everybody yeah. in Miami liked Fizz. You know what I'm saying? Like, the only one who didn't like it was Marcus Allen. You know what I'm saying? But, like, Fizz ain't worried about that. He in a better situation. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that right there is going to be attractive to the guys. Them two dudes right there plus that coach is going to be attractive to the guys that they want to get. They need to be – you You really want to be the Knicks right now. I would much rather – I definitely would much rather be the Knicks than the Bulls right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, most definitely. Because, I mean, you can – As bad as that sounds. You at least have conversations yeah. about guys yeah. looking that way. Yeah. The fact that, you know, the – you, uh, president you can, in a basketball operation like goes on, but at least as a fan, yeah. as a Knicks fan, you know like well, you can have I faith can see in, the direction. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. have faith in I your organization. That even the dudes, if we fail, yeah, even if we don't get these guys, yeah, I see you, what they're going for. Out. Yeah, yeah, you like, laid it out there. You, you think about it. There wasn't a lot of backlash coming out of New York when they traded Porzingis. No, no. surprising. <laughs> you know, no. it was quiet. Not at all. Well, they booed him when they drafted him. But I mean, not he just even that to though. Play his like, way into their hearts. But I mean, he was good. You know, it was like they was kind of waiting on him to come back. But like when they traded him, nobody was upset it about. Goes back that. to what you said earlier. Seven foot one. Nah. What's seven, that five. window? Seven, yeah, five. he's like so. What seven? Seven, seven, seven five, three? Seven, four, well, I think he would have been fine because he doesn't necessarily seven, four, rely on seven, athleticism. But him still, getting hurt like that. This is the second time he has something wrong with yeah, his legs. Seven three to be moving like yeah. that. Yeah. And for Dallas to immediately say yeah. Well, I mean, I We're think give him the bag. Look, hey, that's a great situation for him. Yeah, to oh, yeah, be in Dallas, that's that's a fabulous yeah. situation. I mean, and then you look at how many times Dallas has stuck, uh, struck out in free agency. I think you had to make that. Move. Well, they had Dallas, to make that move. Yeah. Be a trade, but once again, if we go back to organizations realizing like this is not going to get done via free agency. Mm-hmm. We're not that brand. But look at Dallas's group. We got to take a chance. Dallas actually follows the Spurs blueprint closer than probably anybody else. Dallas doesn't worry about. They don't scout college basketball. They don't bring in they 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 bring in international guys. Um, you know, they trade well and you know, they that's how they scout. They scout internationally. They don't they don't worry about no homegrown talent. So that's a great situation for him. You know, if you if you are you know, if you a guy from Europe or overseas or something like that, Dallas is probably Boston probably wish they was Dallas right now. You know what I'm saying? Like that that perception is about to shift from up there to down there. Cause they're gonna have two of them dudes killing in the league. Dallas is going to be the squad. So give me a percentage. Of what? Of all three landing in New York. Ooh, Kyrie, AD, and KD? About 85. You got it at 85? Yeah. And it's funny, the AD is new for me. The KD and Kyrie is, is something. Gonna go? The KD and Kyrie. Where else is he going to go? Well, this goes if the Knicks get that number one. Dale Demps has He has to. You have to make that Because Zion is the ticket. Yeah. He has to. Yeah, you have to. 
Oh, you, what you saying? If, if New Orleans get number one pick? No, no, I'm saying yeah, if New, New York, York gets the number one pick, yeah. oh. New Orleans has no choice but to trade. Yeah. So that's how you get AD. That's how you get AD. Boom. And if you get AD first via trade, and free agency hits on the first, yeah, it, somebody else. Says, yeah. Once no. you get AD, not two more people. Yeah. No, only one more. But how? Even after that, they only have two max slots open. So Kyrie's already on the contract, right? He's, no, no, he's, he's a free, a, free, no, free agent. agent. Yeah, so so they can they can probably convince one of probably KD or somebody like that to take less money to make it they work. They both can take less. money. Yeah, they both can take less money than McCord. AD's if, under his contract. Yeah, mm-hmm. for another year. Yeah, for another year. So and and you have nobody on that team that's getting more than four million dollars, five million dollars. No, not next year. And then you got no. a, you got a great rookie and you got Knox. He'll probably you can be keep him or you'll move he'll, him. He'll yeah. And you still got Dennis Smith. Uh, on his rookie deal, so you can move. They have. They probably move him. He, oh, of course. You, you, I if, think. If I think Vonley. I think Noah Vonley is getting paid some bread a little bit. I think Moutier is up as well, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, they they're gonna have. They gonna have some money chance. to spend. Yeah. So. And like I said, if you like you said, if the Knicks get the number one pick and they trade that for AD, then everything else falls into place. I really don't want to wish that upon Zion either. I would not, rather for not, him. Listen, I would New rather Orleans. for him to go to New Orleans than Chicago. Come on, man. As a Bulls fan, I can't. I'm not even that. a Bulls fan no more. I'm just <laughs> okay. saying. I'm trying to like steer him away from him. As like, a Bulls fan, no, no. Look, man. Take, I would much rather him wake up in Chicago. You know who the Bulls deserve? Up. RJ. That's who they deserve. They deserve him. They deserve. They don't deserve like the curse. The Bulls don't deserve. <laughs> the Bulls don't deserve. <laughs> what's wrong with this? Yeah, the Bulls don't deserve another superstar. They don't. The, so basically, you're just saying RJ is just your best player. Is this your Canadian bias again? Nah, I'm just saying. You know, Lori Markin is the superstar this team deserves. <laughs> He's not a superstar though. Lori Markin is the superstar <laughs> this team deserves. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. I hope Zion goes to New Orleans. All right, man. So you have our dream matchups in the finals. We got Milwaukee. I still want to see Boston and Golden State. I think Chris, you kind of agree with that. That's a sweet man. A, I, I mean, but think about <laughs> it. We, we talk about Milwaukee getting. Well, it's there. not a sweep. Yeah, it's like Milwaukee and Toronto can win a game. I don't know, man. Boston and Philly. Kyle, won't. No, no, no. I don't want to hit as long as Kyle Lowry is playing in the playoffs. <laughs> no, listen. No, Kyle, no listen. Stop. Kyle Lowry. Stop. Listen, Kyle Lowry disappearing alongside Demar. Kyle Lowry you got disappearing. Got a better chance if listen. Mike Lowry. He's playing point guard. <laughs> Kyle Lowry disappears because DeMar DeRozan disappears. Kawhi Leonard is not going to disappear in the playoffs, especially not in the East. It's not going to happen. That's going to open everything up for Kyle at 34 years old. Oh, no. Even that's, what, at, that's good wishful thinking, yeah. bro. You can't, shut, you can't stop Kawhi. You can stop DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan's not a playoff. He's a great regular season yeah, player. But you, see how then, far he's, you see how far he's come in, in, in four yeah, podcasts? How far he's come on Kawhi? Yeah, oh, I, was, I, I told you in the second one I was wrong about Kawhi. Yeah, even with Ka- Kawhi. I, I admitted that. At, I was wrong. In the playoffs, I was like, all right, you're going to get yours, but I'm not worried about him giving the ball up to anybody else. That's the one thing Kawhi doesn't do. He doesn't, he doesn't have to, though. Yeah, he doesn't find people like at an elite level. But he's probably like, the, he, I don't even know he's is he the, He's not even the first option a lot of times. Kyle Lowry is. He might be like the third. No, I think Kawhi is. Siakam has been really, yeah, really good. Is. That's what I'm saying. Like that that length right there, 
you know, you could you could oh, defensively they yeah, definitely you could, can. You could get a game, and then you like I said, you got you got Mark Gasol. You can get a game. I don't know. I'm looking because we're not talking about. And they still got Jonas, right? They're not. No, uh, Jonas no. went in the deal. Yeah, oh, went went Jonas went the deal. Yeah, yeah. So they basically Mark Gasol is gonna be backing up Serge. Or oh, Serge is gonna be a, be on the bench. And, no, they play too fast yeah. to start Mark Gasol. Yeah. So I'm just looking at. I don't know because you're, you're not playing. It's not like you're playing one-on-one basketball with the Warriors. You're actually playing against a system, and you have to communicate. No, you're playing against five All-Stars. Yeah, exactly. And you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're playing you, against five All-Stars. Who, who's been tested like that? The, I mean, they've lost to LeBron-led teams. You're right. And now you, go, yeah. you talk about LeBron, great communicator. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul, great mm-hmm. communicator. So is that what- Houston was able to switch. Give them problems. Yeah, they but talk. Not, yeah, is that yet. what we're talking about in the finals now? Who can win the game? Yeah, of course. Like that's the like yeah. like, that's the conversation like, like, yeah, like that's, that's just kind of what it boils down to. Who can win a game? Who can win the game? Who can give them? Who can like have the greatest impediment to <laughs> the foregone conclusion? We already know. Better yet, let's go ahead and just throw another bet out there. Prop bet. All right. Who's the favorite out of the East to even have a chance to win two games? Toronto. That's who you put your money on. I put my money on Toronto. Toronto can snatch two in the finals. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hang my hat on Boston, yo. I'm I believe still in Kyrie. Riding with them? I believe in I'm Kyrie go just that much. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying this. Look, we're saying if Boston makes it through the East, mm-hmm. that means they have corrected some things. Mm-hmm. If Boston gets things right, you darn right I'll put my money on Kyrie. Mm-mm. You darn right. Mm-mm. I'm gonna go. I'm going Philly. I will go Philly before Boston. Yeah. I'm just looking at if Boston gets things right with Boston. It's going to you get gotta a, have a big. And Kyrie's your guy. You got to have a big. I think Kyrie, Kyrie's going to take that. Steph's going to hit like two threes on him. And he's, what the, man, what are you he, trying to say about Tito's son? You got to <laughs> You got to have a big. Yeah, you got to You got <laughs> to think about the big. dude he's lining up against yeah. at 6'11". You got to have a big. Mm-mm. So, one of the most skilled big men in the league. That's something we haven't said in connection with Golden State before. Man, that dude That's crazy. You got to have a big. He run, have a big. Man, he runs down. Man, he if he seals you he could put it on the floor. He could shoot. He could pass. He could play inside, outside. Yo, he could do everything. He's an X factor. Just go back to that Saturday night game where the Lakers pretty much in that third he quarter. Draymond Green on steroids. And then all of a sudden, Boogie comes in. He dunks mm-hmm. over Ingram. Kuzma. Oh, it was Kuzma. Yeah, yeah, he dunks over Kuzma, gets another bucket, and goes to the bench. And the next thing you know, yeah, you could play they him, They just man. blow the Lakers out. Six-minute spurt. And I think yeah. they were down double digits at that point in time I don't in the think third quarter. There won't be any time in his professional career where he gets these type of looks at all. These are the easiest looks he'll ever receive. A lot of times when he catches the ball on the perimeter, there's the closest guy to him is 10 feet away. And I'm pretty sure at some point it's just like, you know, what the hell? Right. I've never seen <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. I've you never know seen this much space. And guess, guess who else? The Knicks can go and get Boogie if they wanted him. Yeah, I think Boogie's <laughs> going to get that's, – that's another interesting – You ain't got to – You ain't got to – No, you don't, don't have to gonna, pay a lot for I don't think it's going to no, be the max. Not max. But I think – I mean, even looking at the Lakers situation, I think Boogie's going to end up somewhere. But then I think if you're Golden State, you got to make that decision this summer, Boogie or Draymond. Well, Draymond's out of there. And the only way you keep Boogie is if he want to stay. If Draymond's out of there, I definitely can see Gar Pax throwing the bag at him. At Draymond? No. Hell no. no. Man, that's the type of move. You, uh, it's that's the type that of, Ben Wallace type move. No, with that, I would say. That dude, if could, that if dude would skill, never last here. Yeah, because 
And it's not even just from a skill level. No, no, I no said part. they would throw the bat. and said they would sign him. I don't think they would throw the bat here. You don't think they would go after him? No. They might throw interest in there, but I think with he's not going to be a quiet. Think about Draymond in front of Chicago media. With, Dray- with some of the stuff that be going, Draymond in we the lo- see, we would actually see Draymond, DC back in the yeah. locker room. Though. Draymond in the locker room with them dudes. Yeah, no, you don't want. Yeah, that. I don't think you that, don't that, that. it wouldn't work from a coaching. This team, this team is going. This team is going to be young, young, young. Yeah. They will no, they will not. Yeah. No, Draymond Green. Draymond Green would probably go to Detroit before <laughs> he go <laughs> go to Chicago. Yeah. Hey, before we switch up to AD and all this trade talk from the Lakers standpoint, OKC snatched two games. In a series? Against who? Oh, against Golden State. No. Man, that's it's tough because defensively, lengthwise, they're they're probably the toughest team defensively that OKC I, I mean um Golden State is gonna have to go through. And if I still think Paul George has another gear that he can get to. You see this head shaking over. No, I'm sorry. Like I've been Oh no no no. Uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not shaking about Paul George. Yeah. I'm just saying it just don't matter. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we're talking about two games is kind of crazy. Matter. Yeah. Cause I just look at the the impediment on that team. That's like an over under. Yeah. The over under is one is, in is gonna a series, be Westbrook. Like can a team win yeah. you can't, more than one game. You can't stop all five positions. Yeah. And that's what's gonna be the issue. Yeah, but they don't have the same depth. That's they don't the need one it. Thing that they don't need. No, no, that. that's you the one thing. This is, no, no, no. This Golden State team is very much like that. That third year we've seen it with the Bulls. Third year of both three peats. It's like you saw some. You saw it, even though you knew they were going to win. You saw like man, teams can get at them. I've never seen Golden State give up as many leads. Like when Golden State You're streaked about out this on year? you this year. Well, this when year, when Golden State hit you, yeah. you were done. It's still kind of that way now. Yeah, they hit you, but then teams come back. Well, of course, because it's just like they I think the same a lot depth, of that that's is, what I'm saying. It's not even depth; it's boredom. Oh, that too. Yeah, it's a. I mean, I look at some of the things when they get lax and they get like, all right, and they, it's almost just like. But then that becomes a habit. They saw it last year in the playoffs. I, I think with just boogie these last fourteen games, I think just having that energy changes things. I think coming back from the All Star break, they'll have like another fifteen. 15 to 18 game stretch where they'll just kind of put their foot on the gas and then they'll take it off. I just want health. Yeah, that's that's, just now. I just want everybody to make it to the finish line so we can have a. I think the playoffs are going to be pretty good, especially on the east side. I don't think the east is going to be that good. I I, do. Because the first rounds is going to be like washes. I mean, you'll have what Milwaukee against maybe if Detroit could get in there, might give them some go, but I don't think it's going to be. I think when you get down to the actual Eastern Conference Finals, you might have a good series, but I don't think it's going to be as good. I think out west, I think somebody will find a way to grab two from Golden State. They won't lose a game. Because I didn't expect Houston to take them seven last year. What I just didn't. Lakers went, what, 15-1? and one? What was that, 2000, With, 2001? When Kobe and Shaq, to, when they um, lost to Philly. Philly. And, and you look 16. at that game, you look at – yeah, I had 48. I think, In order for them, yeah. Yeah. 16 so, and 0. I mean, and then you even look at Golden State when BC Cleveland stopped, when Cleveland snatched that one game. They had to hit like 20. How many, how many playoffs games has uh, Golden State lost in the past? They hadn't even lost 10 games in the playoffs in the last four or five years. So why couldn't they go 16 and 0 with Boogie from April through June? 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why couldn't they go sixteen and zero? If the Lakers went fifteen and one, come on, man. KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Boogie Cousins. That didn't go to State. Has already done that, right? Then they go. No, nah, they lost to Cleveland one game. Yeah, they lost the game. They already went fifteen and one. Yeah, without yeah. Boogie. First year they lost two to Cleveland. That was without Kyrie. Yeah, without Kyrie and Kevin. Second Love. year, then they lost. They lost. Came back the third year. They lost a game. Lost a game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they ran the table, except when they got to the final. So, yeah. but even even that game, it took Cleveland going crazy from outside. Yeah. And even that game was, it was like, all right, they got. Like, I think they had like seventy eight in the first half, and it, even then, it was still like, all right, uh, still a chance. That was cute. Yeah. <laughs> that was cute. They had to hit like twenty seven threes. Yeah, J.R. Smith going crazy. Kyrie. There's nobody you can point to. You can say, "All right, we're gonna stop him tonight." There's nobody. You can, like you can't. Yeah, you, you just you can get killed. Yeah. Either you, way you look at it, well, the, the weakest the weakest starter is Draymond. Offensively. Yeah, he's not looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he gonna get all the rebounds. Yeah. He gonna get all the assists. He gonna block shots. He gonna get steals, deflections. He gonna guard one through four. Sixteen and zero, man. I don't think they lose. Ad. Let's close it out. AD doesn't go anywhere. Still in New Orleans. Um, How awkward is what, that? <laughs> I think New Orleans was thinking about shutting him down for the year. And the NBA caught wind like, nah. Nah. You're going to catch a fine mm-hmm. for every game that he sits out if he's healthy. Um, he probably was cleared to play or could have played yeah. well before. Mm-hmm. You know, he even came back. Everybody talks about the Lakers missing out. BC, you said something. You said it was never real. No. I just didn't see New Orleans, like I said. I just didn't. First of all, you're not going to gut your team for one player, and that one player is not going to go to a gutted team just to play for LeBron. Like, all the reports that the Lakers just opened the books and were like, man, take whoever you want. No. It wasn't real. Mm-mm. That make any sense. But on top of all that, if I'm Dale Demps, I'm not trading – my Hall of Fame franchise, whatever, whatever, to the Lakers to watch them win the title. I'm not doing that. So if, the, I mean, he was never going to get traded to the Lakers from New Orleans this season. That was not going to happen. So it's safe to say, based upon what we've already talked about, if he doesn't make the move, the only other team that really has somebody that could be that guy, Jason Tatum, that you might want in a trade is Boston. That was dead. It's dead. Why? Because his pops. Yeah. Killed that. So now you got the Lakers in New York. And he said, what, he put Milwaukee up there? Milwaukee's on the list too? So right now the big the biggest ticket, forget the players. For New Orleans, the biggest get is whoever gets the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. Because they need a draw. Mm-hmm. As far as TV markets, they're dead last in the NBA. And nobody's watching. And yeah. nobody's watching. I, nobody's going to the smoothie. Even, even with 80 there, it's not – too many people are going there. People right. forget that this franchise is what only nineteen, I think, nineteen years old. So that there's like really no, they're not they're nowhere near what the Saints are to New Orleans. Whether or not they even need to be there as an organization, that's like a whole another podcast. Yeah. But we're talking about just getting like a draw there, somebody who fans want to go see. And then I question with the NBA. I mean, of course, the NBA would probably want Zion there. To save the organization or to have a draw there, it's tough, man. Because like it's, I said, I, I I wouldn't even wish that on Zion. I wouldn't yeah. wish it on R.J. Jay Morant. 
anybody that's in the top five. I just wouldn't, man. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish them to come to the Bulls. Here we go. Man. I wouldn't. I don't want nobody to come here. I want the Bulls I mean, to fail forever. I'm I'm there with you from a logical standpoint. And no, me, I, I, am. I am. I want them to fail because the they apathy deserve. Is real. They deserve to fail. Like. This don't, is the don't third. Tell Bulls no, fans that they deserve. No, Laurie you deserve to fail, and I'm gonna That's tell you why. Laurie. No, I'm gonna tell you why. This is the third largest market in the country. This is the place where Michael Jordan played. You are supposed to have no problem at whatsoever getting anybody to come to Chicago to play basketball. Nobody. Like this is a basketball town. One of the best high school basketball towns. I mean, just high school, college on I'm down. Like this is basketball. Basketball. Period. 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 Yeah, like this yeah. is this is one of the best places to play basketball. Like, every professional basketball player in their offseason has come through Chicago if and hoop. You, literally, if you're not going to church on Sunday morning, you're going to hoop. Yeah, you're going to hoop. So, it didn't. Ha- this wasn't supposed to be like that. So, no, I mean, when you have when you have an organization who doesn't, who isn't forward thinking, who who is still operating on 20-year principles and ideals, yeah, you deserve to fail. So, it's getting back to the biggest ticket, which it seems to be Zion Williamson and, I mean, Dale Demps. Is smart and waiting. I don't even know if he doesn't have a Dale choice. Dimps is smart. I think it's <laughs> the people around him because I think you think Dale would have done the deal. Yeah, to uh, who? To Boston? Lakers, no, to Lakers, not being a no. pop guy. Mm-mm. Not with pop in his ear. Uh, no, he was never trading to the Lakers. That was never going to happen. Oh no, you've never seen that. I mean, they said the no, organization no. was split. We don't know who was for exactly, the trade and yeah. who was against it. But the you, only time you you've seen, seen that, to think that Dale Dimps was pro. Moving Anthony Probably Davis. just getting him out, out of there. For, just to get something back. Yeah. But I still don't think it would have been the Lakers. It was going to be Boston to anybody. But Boston couldn't have done the deal. They could have did it, but they don't have they a commitment. They would have had to move with Tyree. That's the only way they could have done it. And they still don't have a commitment from AD. Yeah. And um, I still think I think the Celtics are going to be out of that situation. They out. Once the summer once the summer starts, because if a guy's father has already said he's not coming here, I'm look, sure he said he said I. Look, but let me you tell you something. No, the, that's, the pronoun, that's, that's the real pronoun that's was we. <laughs> look, let me tell you something. Ainge nixed that deal just because he didn't want to see the Lakers do it. It had nothing to do with him getting it. So him getting into it was to try and to keep the Lakers keep the Lakers from. He's a Celtic. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> saying. Through. He's a Celtic. He didn't want to see that. He's not in that deal. He know that. He know that. Dale Demps is probably. Dale Dimps probably going to lose his job behind this. He's losing his job either way. If he moved him, he was going to lose his job if he didn't move him. Because a lot of people, I mean, the gravity of this whole AD thing is much larger than just these two teams or whatever teams are going to be involved in the trade. You know, you have small market teams that are looking at this and saying, man. Because I think if AD had come to them like Before over the, the summer yeah. with one year left, it might have been better. Reportedly, they went to him quietly before the season. Once he came over to Clutch Sports, like, I'm not re-signing for the Max. This is my point. You Dell Demps, you should, you know, small market. You know this. I think once guys get to, like, that 185, that 175 in terms of earnings, then it's about, you know, it's winning then. It's like, so I don't think nobody's really tripping over that. Because I don't think there's been anybody who's taken that quote-unquote, Supermax yet. Nobody, like Kawhi, turned it down. No, somebody took it. Mike Conley took it, didn't he? Mike Conley took it. That, that's not the same as these these Maxes now. Oh, yeah. okay. With the two-something, didn't yeah. Russell take it? Russ took mm-hmm. it. Ain't he getting 250? I got to look and Somebody took it. Somebody it took it. Somebody took it. Russ took it. Yeah. 
But I'm looking at just Kawhi turned it down, AD turned it down. So we're starting to see a situation where that rule was put into place. So to keep small players, markets, yeah, yeah, could keep, keep their players. guys. But we're looking at guys now saying you don't want, you can't win in the small market. Yeah, I mean the only small market team that that wins is San Antonio. I'll tell you what, if AD ends up somehow, it's not going to happen. But just in terms from like a dominant standpoint, Milwaukee, AD, forget it. It's over. That's actually the best situation for him that to go to. Once again, the best you will have transplant to. Chicago Bulls fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Going up to Milwaukee. What is, what is that, like an hour? 90 hour minutes. And a half? Oh, yeah. 90 minutes. Buy, I'm talking about buying season tickets. Yeah. Jerseys. Making the trip. You'll see oh, happy jerseys around the city. Giannis and AD, forget it. Jeez. And Bud's offense? That's why you put him. What about him? Carl Anthony Towns sounded Supermax. It was Carl Anthony? Okay. Yep. How much is he getting paid? Speaking of that, wait, Wiggins took, got his money already, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. He might get moved, too. I was around... Uh, 190. 190, okay. I was around Carl Anthony Town yeah. Senior for Super Bowl <laughs> weekend. That guy's yeah, I saw, you, I saw wow. him on your Instagram. That guy's hilarious. Wow, dude. That guy's hilarious. He was having fun at that concert. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, he's a big... Bruno Mars fan <laughs> wasn't too happy with uh, Cardi B. You didn't like Cardi? Nah, she 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 had other obligations, so she got there late and she ran, didn't really she ran she, through the she, she made the bag yeah. Super Bowl weekend oh though. My God, she made can't the bag. be mad at her. I'm telling, I was telling everybody doing that. Con- I was like, man, you got to understand, you got to get your money this weekend, and she definitely did that. Yeah, but if AD goes to Milwaukee, it's an outside chance he ends up there, but. Man, just thinking about those two dudes. I mean, that's that's basically like him coming home. That's the next that's best thing to coming home. Yeah, that would piss me off even more. <laughs> I just had to say, no, nah, I can't. Hey, I don't make, want that. It would nah, make, no, it would make no, me so happy. No, that cannot Guess what? happen. Because you know what, the Bulls stop being the agitator look, right now. The Bulls could have had Anthony Davis. They could had, had had they done a lot of things right in the beginning. No, they had all they had to do was set it up. From trade night when they moved Jimmy. Mm -hmm. When they moved Jimmy, the whole organization should have been about let's get AD. All they had to do was stop staking their players. (laughs) And they just can't get out of their way. They can't get out of their own way on that one. And and that is the end of them. They are done. Until they sell the team or they get rid of the front office dudes. You said something about LeBron James. Have to get to this before we close out. You said LeBron's never been that dude to get other players to come play with him. Nope. Never. Who's ever come to play with LeBron? Nobody's been beating down their door to go play with LeBron. Nobody. It couldn't have been about Cleveland, the city? Don't matter. It should be about him. Couldn't have been about the uh, the owner being cheap? Can't get nobody to come to L.A. Couldn't we get nobody. Know that. We don't we'll, know we'll that We'll see yet. that this we'll summer. See. We'll see that We this don't summer. know for sure. He couldn't get nobody to go there before he I got there Paul, and then people you know, knew You have to coming. realize a lot. This Paul George staying at OKC is overblown because you have to look at it. Those are two L.A. dudes. Paul George ain't from L.A. I'm like Dale. Fresno. He's Palm from Fresno. He's still my, my point <laughs> I'm just saying, that's He's a long Palm way from Dale. L.A. Yeah. L.A., but Russ is from L.A. I think Russ has a better chance of having a relationship with, with P.G. than LeBron would. That's my point. Why? They're not even mean? from the same. That, that would be like me saying I got – Something in common with somebody that's from Champaign because we both live in Illinois. No, I think with that situation is different because you have a guy who's essentially a peer just in terms of age. 
and likes. I still think LeBron carries that big brother. It's, he's almost on a level that you really can't. You can attain to get there. You can definitely aspire to get there. But I just think where he's at in terms of stature. It's like, do I really want to go over there and kind of deal with Even when we look at what KD said earlier, I think there was some level of truth in there. He just misworded it. He called it a toxic environment. I don't think it's toxic, but he's just looking at it as like, Nobody dude. wants to play with LeBron. Like you said, you don't want the circus. You don't want the circus because you're going to get beat up. Well, if you go to L.A., that's going to come with it. Well, it don't matter. If you go play with him, you're going to get beat well, up. Well, it sucks because if he says he's coming to your town, you who's going to say no? Yeah. What you mean? Who says no? If LeBron says he was a free agent this summer, if he has said I'm coming to the Bulls, nobody's going to follow him. going to say no? Who? The Bulls? Well, no. they said no. Who, the Bulls? You choose any organization. No. Who's going to say no? No organization is going to turn down LeBron James. But LeBron James can't get nobody else to come play with you. He hasn't done it. And you think he's going to do it now at 34 on his last deal? Well, we'll see. Starting July 1st. I don't believe it. We'll see. That's, that's what's going to be. He's going to get somebody. <laughs> now, is he going to get a big-time free agent? We keep saying that. But if L.A. strikes out. They won't strike out. We keep saying that, but I'm... Have you seen all the free agents? I'm not saying he's going to get one of the A-level free agents. Mm-hmm. First but of all... Is, but is it a win if they get... First of all, yeah, if they get anything they less get, than an A-level free yeah, agent. This is the it, Lakers, yeah. Magic Johnson. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. And we're playing virtual GM here. Okay, getting somebody... Getting KD would be, like, the number one. Yeah. Right? Like, they joked once he took them first the last two years with the all-star vote. And they ask KD about it. KD's like, what else is he supposed to do? Yeah. That's top of the list. Oh, we signed KD. Right under that would be Clay or Kawhi. You talking about top free agents? Yeah. Like on your top list, it would be KD first that LeBron would want. Mm-hmm. Then Kawhi, probably. And then Clay. Mm, no. No. If you're the well, I mean, he probably would want Kyrie. You talking too. about who LeBron wants, right, right. not who the Lakers want. Right. So that's the thing. Because he's the one, I mean, he's <laughs> who we're, making we're the talking picks? about him. Who making the picks? Getting people to come play with him. Yeah. Who's making so these I, decisions? I, I, I misspoke because I forgot about uh, Kyrie. Who's so the making top these? three, without putting them in order, Kyrie, Kawhi, KD. He's not getting any of those three. Well. To come play with him. No chance. There's no chance he could talk Kyrie into coming to play He's definitely not with getting him. Kawhi. I don't. Th- I think the Kyrie thing is overblown. Yeah, that's overblown. Yeah, that's think. something that people want to see. Yeah. Okay, so he's not getting Kawhi. He's not getting Kyrie. I think and KD's a, a I no. no. I don't think KD's leaving. I look at KD the DeMar- out of there. I, w- I don't. I don't see it. Yeah. So I let's look say at the Demarcus situation. Everything we said. Mm-hmm. Everything we said. With everything we said. Draymond leaves. Right. Draymond and Clay, Clay is going. already put it in the waters. Like, don't ask me to take less. Less. Yeah. Clay they, if they less. give Boogie any type of bag, mm-hmm. Clay is not taking less. Draymond not taking less. So let's say Clay bounces Clay and out. he lands in L.A. He doesn't get the top three. Clay lands in L.A. where his father played and still works with the organization. Mm-hmm. Clay will be a Laker. And let's say he gets Kimba, and they don't lose any of the young core. You mean to tell me that's not a top two, three team in the West? Nope. No. Nope. As much as I love Kimber, he's 5'10". 
Five nine. LeBron is thirty six. And <laughs> wait, wait, this is my point. Now, that's, the, that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. If we were talking about 31, 32 year old LeBron, yeah, we're talking about a very a limited story. window. Yeah. So I mentioned like what Philly's doing. We don't know how long that MB, MB is going. So to that's be what in. I'm saying. What makes that's this, this is my question. Why? What do you mean? This is your. Why do people think? Why do people? Why do people think the Lakers are so attractive? Why? Because LeBron is there, but they're not thinking about it from a practical standpoint. LeBron is at the end of his career. I agree. Nobody like the championship window for him is closed. He's in in the West. Forget about it. I don't think he's no. He, I don't so think unless he, he gets one of the top three guys to come play with him, everything else is a failure. You had to get two of those top three guys to come play with him. And, and then look at and then them dudes is gonna have to want to be there after yeah. he's gone. Yeah. So you have to. I don't know. I've been looking at. I don't know. I can't question the guys the, want for titles, but like, does LeBron feel he needs? No, he's already said. Titles? Yeah. Everything and else is everything icing else on the cake. is icing on the so cake. So when I see things like well, he wants to win the title in prove. L.A. No, he said I don't have to win the title. He's like I'm not out here to prove anything. Well, then there you go. So that's not even the chat. That's not even the motivation for him. So if it's not a motivation for him, why is it a motivation for anybody else? Because guess what? He's gonna be gone. Then what? I think we're just looking at that Lakers situation. We were saying they have to get somebody, but you know, you start looking at things deeply, and you like they're gonna get one. They're gonna get Clay. I think Clay is gonna be a Laker. I don't think he's leaving that situation. Golden State? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he's leaving that. Well, if KD, no, look, if KD ups his bag. Every dynasty gets broken and, up. And Boogie gets a bag. Mm-hmm. See, for me, but we talk, we're the talking Lakers about, directly. We're, to, we're talking in the, con, in the constraints of, you know, what the salary cap is. I think the Warriors are one of the teams. You suck that up. Going into a new re- look, yeah. revenues that, going that, up, that, new arena. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. You suck yeah. that up. Yeah. Forget the money. You're not even talking about that. You're talking about dudes. Tired of each other. You talking about dudes? You talking about dudes who might want a fresh start? You know what I'm saying? Who's like the a, most combustible person. Like a fresh, like a fresh scene. You know what I'm saying? You've been to five of the last six finals. You probably gonna win what? What is it? Five or six, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you working on like your fifth title or whatever. There's no. You've already won. You keep winning out. No. You keep trying to. Because that. I mean, after a while, well, like this would be his everything s- is broken up. Every championship dynasty gets broken up for one reason or another. Gets broken up. This would be his fourth, right? Who? This would be Clay's fourth title. Title. Yeah, if yeah. they win, yeah, this would be his yeah. fourth. It'll be KD's third. It'll be Steph's fourth. Draymond's fourth. Four. You have four rings. You now you can go get paid. I mean, you That's can, what we're talking about. You can like, get paid it, there. They have a brand new. You can arena. get paid there. Yeah, you get we a have brand to see new what arena. The salary cap is going to be. We got to see how this New York situation plays out. Man, everything. we got to see if they get the number one pick. Do they get AD? If they get AD, every ch- look, I've had several players tell me this, and I wholeheartedly believe it. Every championship team got a shelf life. Golden State is no different. It will look. Yeah, because even Mike had to step away. Man. Yeah, but we're looking at, we're talking about shelf life. That first three-peat, those guys were young, but we're talking about the last. That's when you're kind of on your last legs. We're yeah. talking about these guys. These guys are all still young in their prime. Yeah. I think they're just hitting 30s. But you talking about three and four championships. Think So look at it from this standpoint. If I'm, if I'm KD, like I'm almost essentially not guaranteed to be in the finals. I'm going to leave this situation. I'm going to go over to New York. It's an unknown situation, even though I have those variables that you guys pointed out. And now I'm going to start over here. Knowing what you got to deal with with New York media, which is a completely different animal. It doesn't matter. You got three wings. 
You in a you why in not a, keep winning? You in a less competitive conference? Still, you still have like you're starting over from you scratch. chasing the challenge. Yeah, you why yeah. not? You chasing the challenge? Do would you want to chase a challenge after? Why not? I already got paid and I and I'm winning. Oh, I don't think so. And I've won. Looking at looking at what the structure of the, the only person is not now. leaving there is stuff. You know that. Yeah. The only person ain't leaving. Well, yeah, he's locked up. But if you look at what the league is now, guys teaming up some, it's not, unless I have a commitment from two other guys that come into New York with me, if I have that, then I'm going. But if everything is up in the air, I'm staying in Golden State. I'm going to get paid. But all of that comes out for New York. It comes down to, like we, I said, we have to get this number. If you we ain't get making, this number one pick, everything's in play. You're not yeah. making the moves. If you New York, if you don't know something, I mean they did it. They did it like everybody else in 2010. So you can, you don't have to know anything. You just well, that to, was that was a spe- that was a that was a roll of the dice. That was a speculation. That, that that was, that's what this is. Well, it's different because everybody that was in New York in 2010 is not there. True. Like like you know what I'm saying. Like the Bulls had just as much of a chance allegedly of getting LeBron as the Knicks or anybody else. But as you can see. That situation was already set up beforehand. Them dudes knew what they was going to do from the gate. But once again, that's funny you say that because the only organization that really might have had more intel than anybody else probably was Miami. Yeah. Well, yeah, they had Dwayne Wade. And Pat Riley cleared more. The stuff he did to that roster to clear cap space. He wasted three years of Dwayne Wade. That went back like a year and a half before. He wasted three years, but he got. He he made up for it. Yeah, he made made up up for it. Yeah, so that's it was like he knew long before everybody else. Like you set himself up for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, well, set himself up with more information though. wasn't like he was just taking a a, shot a long shot, yeah. a shot in the dark. He actually Listen. was probably talking to Dwayne, who had been talking to them at the 2008 Olympics. Brought him in. Like, brought him hey. in. Like, yo, how do we make this happen? What do they need? Da, da, Look. Da, da. Set up the structure for the salaries, everything. I'm it wasn't close. like they just popped up like everybody else, like, oh. Because mm-hmm. the Bulls didn't have room for all three. I'm a, look, yeah, they they could have only two. had two. two. Yeah. I'm going to close in on this with, the, with AD. The reason, if you clutch, the reason you signed Anthony Davis. You mean the organization, not his play, as far as clutch sports. Clutch sports, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The reason you signed him is because you know, um, you understand that LeBron is – at the end of his career, right? So you're going to need that next tier of player. So that's why you sign AD. Now, you got that next tier player locked up. Now you got to put that player in a, a big market. In a big market. New York is wide open. You got LeBron already locked out there for four years. There's no point in, like, doubling that up. And I'm going to just throw this out there right now. They can't say it right now, but Zion is clutch sports. They've been in too many of his games, bro. Rich I, don't, has, I don't know. I, don't I know. think Jay-Z got a track. Yeah. I, they both. Now, they yeah. both. I think Jay-Z got it's, a track. You think it comes down between those two? Yep. Yeah. I don't like, Pluck and Rock Nation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like talking about that. That would be future yep. agency, but I do think <laughs> Rock Nation probably has yeah, inside has track. Inside, yeah. But you never know. I mean, it's still, it's still too early, but I'm pretty sure, like, those three guys have, like, some semblance of knowledge, like, who they want to be oh, represented absolutely. by. Absolutely. I'm yeah, more... We, we'd be fooled to think that those conversations aren't going on. I'm more interested to see what shoes they're going to wear. Because, you know, if Zion go Rock Nation, he's going to be in Puma, too. Hey, you, you guys see this story that broke, SI? No. We can close out with this. Yeah. 
uh, cover-up. 1999 Duke team. They're about to bring it up. Um, oh, this another Me Too? Some, yeah. Somebody oh, on that team. Me Too um, sexually assaulted a student on campus. 20 years I, I ago? Talking, I was talking to Bang. I'm like, man, who could have been? And Bang was like, I, I, I vaguely remember, like, maybe Corey might have been, like, in trouble for something. And I thought I remembered Trajan Langdon also mm-hmm. being in trouble for something. It's, it, I think it's going to be interesting how it plays out. That's, I mean, these situations, are, I don't know. Like, I have mixed emotions about these things, but, like, I don't know. I always look at the time and things come out, and then I look at, like, why... I don't know, it's a difficult situation because if you're a victim, you're a victim. I understand the reason the victim right. wouldn't come out at the time. I understand the factors and the things that play at a university that big, you know, and what happens with that situation. But it's just, I don't know, when I look at situations like that, it's like, why now? Like, what what are you getting out of this? Like, What can um, be done? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's it's a tough situation. 20 years, like everybody moved on with their lives, you know what I'm saying? And it's... Uh, not to be insensitive. Not exactly, to be insensitive exactly. at all. Yeah. But yeah, Coach. you just wonder. Like, I, don't, I mean, I, I know why SI broke the story. But I think it's less about the players at this point. This this is probably yeah. legacy. Yeah. Coach K's legacy. Yeah. Especially if they're trying to highlight a cover-up. Yeah. They already got North Carolina out of here on grades. A2S, get with us, follow us. Go put in According to Sources right here. The podcast According to Sources, iTunes, SoundCloud, soon to be on Spotify. Check us out, and uh, we'll be back soon talking more uh, post-All-Star and how we think the second half of the season will go. According to sources, my guy, Brian Crawford, Chris Kaysen, Sean Davis. Peace out.